0: Warning, if you're faint of heart or easily offended, this show is not for you.
1: So, okay, Alec, let's talk about the hand. The hand, okay? Let's do it. Arms up. I'm going to (laughs) preface something here first. I want to preface it. So, here's the thing. Six years ago, yeah? Yeah. Six years ago when the controversy happened with the hand.
2: Well, the thing is the hand happened a year before the controversy, so I'm trying to think if it was six or seven. But anyway, yeah, I get what you're saying. Oh, because it didn't air? No, it aired. It just, the controversy arose from what? People in poker making videos about it. Oh, and so, okay.
1: But why did it take a year?
2: I don't know. It's a okay, good question. That I didn't know. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> okay. <laughs>
1: Okay, welcome to the Nick Fertucci Show. I am Nick Fertucci, and I am here with Alec Torelli.
2: Hey, guys. Hey.
1: Thanks for being here, man. Thank
2: you for doing this. This is cool. Yeah.
1: You've been, uh, we'll talk about it a little later, but you've been playing a little bit uh, at The Hustler. Yeah. You've been playing on the streams.
2: Yeah. It's been fun. You've
1: had some big days and some bad days.
2: I know I've had days where I was the single biggest winner and then the single biggest loser. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, you know, in between, but that's, that's poker, and I think... Yeah you know with my style too like it's maybe going to be a little bit more we'll we'll talk about that i want to
1: know what you call your style and Mm -hmm. and why you have those kind of swings but what we're going to do how how i see this going if you're okay with it let's bang out some of your personal stuff like about you and your personal life i have some notes here that i gathered from myself and from you and then we'll go into your poker career which even myself as i looked it up i was pretty impressed i didn't know a few of these things that 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 uh, I have here, and so we'll talk about all that. I think it's interesting, and then we will talk about the hand. All okay, right. and we'll get to that, and then we'll close out with some just a few uh, easy questions and some final thoughts, and we'll wrap it. Yep, that sounds like a good thing. Sounds to like a good all show. right, we'll do Let's it. Let's do it. All right. So you just recently, you told me a couple of minutes ago, you just had your 10 year anniversary with your wife.
2: Yeah, 10 years married. It was uh, it was yesterday. So. Oh wow! Yeah, nice. Yeah, What'd was- you do? We um we had loose plans that got changed. We went to Dana Point, went to a place we love for lunch, like a health what food is it? store. Oh, health food, organic tree or something. It's like a health food place, like right on the harbor. Is that why you drink? No, it's not Earth, um, but it's a really good place. And then we went to a nice hotel called the Waldorf, uh, nice. right in Dana Point, like on the water, and just did you out have? There. Did you get a room? No, we didn't. We oh. just hung out there for the day. Nice. Um, it was beautiful. Like just an awesome day. Cool. Very us, I I would say. Is that why you drink uh, lukewarm water? Because it's better for you? <laughs> I actually, so the first time I was traveling through Asia, this was, oh man, 2007. It's been a while. And I was on a layover in Singapore and I asked, I was at the lounge. I asked the guy for a water and he gives me this water and it's like warm. And I was like, you know, I was kind of taken aback because I've never had warm water yeah. before. And obviously in the U S everything comes with ice. And so I was asking him, I was like, Hey, like, did you make a mistake? Or like, why is the water warm? And he was explaining to me like the whole ritual behind it, that it's, you know, your body's warm and you need to drink warm water and like all this stuff, the cold water, the ice is actually bad for you to digest whatever. And so I tried it and I was like, okay, maybe I don't like it warm. But then from that I started drinking, I was in Asia for a while and then like all the water is room yeah. temp. And so I got used to room temp water and it's actually easier to drink more water if it's room well
1: this is really weird because everything that I've ever drink I have to have extra ice right and just literally three weeks ago not bullshitting you three weeks ago and I where was I? I was somewhere and they were it was a health thing where I was learning a bunch of stuff and I heard just that that you're supposed to drink warmer water not cold it's better for your system actually the cold is reverse bad like you said and so I've been doing that and you can drink
2: more and so it's I've been easier to, consume. Yeah, it's
1: easier to consume, but, but I will say, and I'm still going to say it every once in a while when I grab that cold bottle and I drink it, oh, it's a good, yeah, drink. it's but, almost
2: like a treat. And it's not like I'm doing this for health yeah. reasons. I'm not like that much of a health nut where I'm like, yeah. I have well, to. well,
1: you're going to eat at health stores. I, and yeah. Drinking, I, I would say I'm on you're the, you're drinking
2: warm water. I'm, yeah. I would say yeah. most people would consider me healthy, but I'm, I actually just prefer it at this point. There are still times when I mix, like I mix electrolytes and water, like element, I, yeah. I drink that. I like it with ice because it's like, a drink and I, and I love it yeah it. so i do it occasionally all
1: right so uh from what i know about you you and i know this because you told me this a couple weeks ago you met your wife in italy yes and you were
2: trying to figure out
1: how to learn the language and she is who you bumped into is that yeah, accurate
2: it's, it's quite serendipitous i um was 24 at the time and i was you know living in vegas living this fast life i was like playing all the big poker and whatever and i wanted a break like my grandma had just passed away and one of the things on my bucket list was, go to Italy and mo- learn Italian. Those like are yeah. the top of the things I wanted to do. I made a list of 30 things I wanted to do by 30. And so I was like, okay, my grandma just died, kind of shook me. And so I went to Italy and um, I read about this book, uh, I read, sorry, I read about this town in a book called Playing for Pizza. And it was a town called Padma. And so I um, went there because I wanted to like explore it. And while I was there, I was like, you know what, maybe I'm gonna stay here. I was kind of exploring where I wanted to stay. And I walked into the university and I was looking for a place to learn Italian. So I went to the university and I, I walked into the first office I saw and I was like, Hey, I'm here. And I explained my situation. And the person that was in that office was Ambra. And wow, yeah, we what? started like exchanging, uh, we exchanged emails at the time. This was like pre smartphones. I was going to Venice for a poker tournament and I was like, Hey, I'm going to come back. Um, and then she was like, Oh, I'm moving to the U S because she was going to teach at, uh, in, in the U S and I was like, Hey, like, she was like, Oh, you know, we could maybe help each other learn each other's language. Like yeah. I need to learn English and you want to learn Italian. And that's how we started talking. Oh well, reverse. But yeah, you wanted to learn Italian. You're so right. Learn yeah, but that's either fair. way, <laughs> that is um, it's okay. And
1: so you put a ring on it. <laughs> you yeah. put a ring on it. That's that was good. two
2: years after we met. But yeah, it took nice. a couple years. It did. Did, she,
1: yeah. did it take a while for her to like you? Um, No.
2: Okay, good. She liked me right away. I knew you liked, I her, liked, right her, right right I liked her right away. I liked her right away. I knew you, yeah. I, yeah, like, yeah. I, like, I, like I walked in, I was like... Whoa. This woman is beautiful. Like, yeah. I just am very attracted to this yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, well, like her energy and uh, nice. all that stuff. Yeah.
1: And you have a dual citizenship, US and Italy?
2: Yeah, I got that like 2021. Um, yeah, so I'm very excited about that through through marriage, of course. I was she looking to get it through Ancestry because my parents, their grandparents come from Italy. But then we got married and it was like, okay, well, we're going to get it through this way instead. But uh, right. yeah, that's awesome, too. We spend quite a few quite a bit of time there. We have a place there. So we're there a couple times a year for several months at a time. We're going back in spring. Nice. And it says
1: here, you lived in six different countries. You've been to 50. Yeah. You just have a passion for traveling?
2: Yeah. I mean, poker, like the cool thing that drew me to poker when I was 18, like I saw poker on TV and they were like playing in Aruba at the final table or going to all these cool stops around the world. And so for me, I was like, well, if I could just break even playing poker, but I can live this poker lifestyle and like travel to all these cool places and play poker and have it pay for it all, that would be amazing. And so when I dropped out of school at 18, I started traveling. I couldn't play in the US because I was only 18. So I moved to Australia and then I went to Europe to travel the tour. I went to Asia. And so it's just like poker kind of took me to all these different places because I wanted to compete you know, in the big games, the highest levels, and I couldn't do that in the US. So I would just constantly like go around the world looking for games. Um, You know, we moved to Macau to play in the high stakes games there. So it's just like, there were so many opportunities to see the world and poker kind of was the thing, the vehicle that brought me there. So yeah. And I we get, love traveling. I love yeah. seeing new cultures. And when we
1: get to the poker section, I want to ask you about something that you mentioned there. We'll get, well, I'll save it for then. So we don't cross over too much. Um, what countries did you live in and why
2: did you live in six different countries were you from a military family <laughs> well of the US and Italy of course those are two so right of the way I, <laughs> I went to live in Australia was the first one I was 18 I went there for a month I went to Sydney for New Years and then to Melbourne and I went to play in the Aussie millions and I loved it so much that when the tournament was over I was staying at the Crown Casino and it you know just got expensive staying there for a long period of time and I was like you know what I need to find an apartment here and I was like my first time kind of away from home I was 18. Um, and I was like trying to figure out how to like navigate. And so I was like, okay, let me find an apartment in this cool area. And I just loved it so much. I wanted to stay there. It was summer there. It was incredible. Mm. I could play poker online. I could play live. So that was one of the countries, um, Macau, of course, I went there for high stakes poker. I spent four years there living there on and off. Um, France, we really loved, you know, we were right by Italy and we went to go live in the South of France. We got an apartment there multiple times over the course of several years, um, and London for poker, I was there. in London quite a bit for for poker. There was always a tournament there and cash games, and it was just cool. Yeah, so I just found like novelty in it that I can like experience a new culture and still like work. You know, that's cool. Felt like cheating.
1: And, and I'm gonna get to your poker stuff, but one question before I do, you know, when you're 18 and you're starting to grind poker, but you're living on your own, do you come from money? Um, like, were I, so, you supported? Because knowing. I at eighteen, it's hard to support yourself.
2: as I mean, a poker I grew up player. in Orange County, so like you know, I had a good upbringing. But like in terms of you know my poker playing, like that was always supported through me. Like I actually, I was always kind of like hustling and entrepreneurial, I guess. Like I started a flyer delivery company when I was in, like I was like fifteen or something. I was like called Doormat Delivery, and I would like pass out flyers. And I quickly learned that like I can double or triple my income by having multiple people that I would pass out flyers for. And so I was making 30, 40 cents a house was making, you know, quite a bit of money. And I saved that money that I used to then fund my poker playing when I was 16. And when I dropped out of school and I was 18, um, I saved up like 30, 40,000, you know, I was playing online and I was playing in live games and I saved up quite a bit of money. And I remember my dad was like, you know, um, you know, I support you. I love you. Like this is what you want to do with your life. But like, you know, we spent. Like I was at SMU at the time, I had a partial scholarship, but I didn't have a full scholarship. SMU is, you know, a nice university. He's like, look, I paid for half of this. Like I want my share of the money back. And wow. I, I gave him $15,000 or I think it was 12 or $15,000, wow. um, to like refund that money that yeah. like he had invested in me. Cause I dropped out. It wasn't like I finished and then I yeah. played poker. So he would, you know, and it was a fair thing for him to say. It was, it was the right thing. Like I respect th- that. I gave him the money back, but I was always supporting myself through poker. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. And it says here, you, other forms of revenue, you invest in crypto, real estate, and venture capital stuff. Would you tell me a little bit
2: about each? Sure. So crypto I found in 2017, I guess it was early or late, depending on when you guys found crypto. Yeah. Um, So that kind of hit me right away. I realized like, I don't know, like it just clicked for me. I realized this is going to, I believe this is going to change the world. It's going to be like a huge thing that's never been seen before and so that was like really captivating and it I just like followed my emotion like I felt like um this is something like poker where like I found it and it just clicked and it was very exciting and it's hard to feel really excited about something when you have poker in your life because poker's like it moves so fast and like the business world and other things yeah. move so slow so crypto is really intuitive to me and that sort of stuck and I've been investing in that space for for a number of years real estate my parents are both in real estate so um I grew up understanding real estate and appreciating yeah. real estate for the cash flow. It's also such a nice balance to everything else in my life. That's much more high risk, asymmetric, volatile, right? right. Crypto, poker, venture right. capital. Um, so my, um, my dad is in the mobile home park space. He's been in a uh, commercial for 35, 40 years, moved to mobile home park seven years ago. And so, um, we invest in deals in that space and, most recently, Northwest Arkansas and South Missouri put out some content about this, and I helped you know raise money and syndicate the deals. Uh, so that's really exciting. We're looking for more spaces in that, uh, more uh, parks in that space. And those have great cash flow, great depreciation, um, kind of like an undiscovered nature well, of real estate. It's
1: crazy they mentioned that because uh, that's like a it's like billboards, but different meaning that a lot of people don't know how lucrative billboards are. They're can, unsexy. And so if you can, so de- if you can develop them, right, they're
2: not like the luxury Airbnbs yeah. that are like, Oh, I have a vacation home that doubles yeah. as an Airbnb. It's boring. It's unsexy. But like, if you look at the depreciation amazing. Uh, the flow is amazing because the people that, um, own the mo- mobiles, they own their own home the turnover is like once every eight years whereas commercial it's like once every 18 months so like people aren't moving they have pride of ownership they take care of all the maintenance so that's lower cost for us like there's all these sorts of benefits to it uh, i put an article about it if you guys are interested um but yeah that and then the vc space was obviously like just yeah very exciting like poker you know it kind of yeah. has that high risk high reward it's kind of like i look at vc like tournaments so it's like small part of the portfolio just for these Asymmetric high risk things where most yeah. go to zero, but if one of them hundred x's or thousand x's, um, that that pays for the whole yeah. thing, right?
1: Yeah, and I'm very familiar with the mobile home space. I actually am in a couple of partnerships. Uh, In some big parks. Yeah. And uh, one in Oxnard, California, and one in Vegas. Yeah. And so uh, I receive a lot of passive income. And like you said, there's a lot of depreciation. So there's a lot of phantom income, and uh, there's a lot of depreciation. So at the end of the year, the partners in there receive a lot of. uh, I because we've owned them for for so long now there's some big distributions uh it's it's very lucrative so, yeah, yeah it
2: is definitely and I mean there's it's something like that hits differently like I don't know psychologically at least for me like getting a check or a ach or deposit and you see this thing and you're like oh what is that money and it's like oh it's money from an investment I made that I do nothing for and, and it just, just comes in every month like it hits different with everything else in my life that isn't like that and it's just it's a beautiful I just, thing. Did,
1: a, I just did a piece um I did a couple of times I talked about it. I I call it envy rants. And I did a piece on uh, money intelligence and another one, I did three of them. But anyways, I talk how I, how I got into my real estate investing and what I specialized in was mailbox money, passive income. Mm -hmm. And so you're speaking my language. And um, I say in the video, there's some, almost like what you said, I said, it's so powerful to have checks show up on a passive, income like where where active income is when i owned like a computer company and we had to buy the computers build them sell them collect the money keep doing and repeating the same thing actively but if you invest in real estate uh and it's a passive income where once you invest in it, it keeps coming. You can get sick, you can not work, you could go on vacation. It's just mailbox money. It's very powerful. So yeah, uh, that's that's it where it hits I built.
2: differently too psychologically. Like for me, it's like yeah. it's almost like cheating. You're like, oh, I'm getting this dividend. That's where I built my whole real estate career yeah.
1: on passive income cash flow.
2: Yeah, it's that's the thing is the cash flow and real estate really does does yeah. do that. Cool, that's very cool. Yeah, no, I'm 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 on board. There. Of course, there's appreciation too. Like the. This, you know, the city that um, our, our, our previous park was in, uh, in Arkansas is the fastest growing city in the state. It grew at 380% last yeah. year. So like the, you know, it's exploding. Cause like, you know, with remote work, people are moving to different places. It's kind of like this hidden area, you know, and you're kind of looking, people are looking for the next Austin, you know, you already missed Austin, you miss Boulder, you miss Bend, you know, where are these next places that people right. are going to move? And so it's kind of like, that's kind of the poker player in me. It's like opportunistic. It's like being ahead of the curve of like, what are people going to do before they do it? like, and that was, you know, me going to Macau, it was like, okay, this is the next opportunity. I want to be here before everyone else or online poker in 2005. I want to be there before everyone else. And so I look at real estate in that way too. It's like, where are people going to be moving and where's the property going to appreciate? So then you have that with the cash flow it's, Well, it's, we have a lot in common because sexy.
1: in 2008, nine, when the mark, when the real estate market crashed, when everyone was speculating and buying too much real estate with, with, you know, st- stupid, naughty loans. and Yeah. All they were buying, um, that's what we did and me and my, and a partner, we went into the first, the first area we went into was Las Vegas because the prices have, had inflated so much single family homes, 300, I was buying them at auction for 50, 60,000 yeah. at the very bottom. Insane. And then that dried up. And the next one was speaking of going into the next market was Orlando, Florida. Oh my and gosh. They went Right into Orlando, Florida. Yeah, you and we it. recreated the same thing, the same system and just cleaned up both. So, yeah.
2: It's like be like, you know, Buffett. I mean, sometimes wisdom is, is simple <laughs> to understand, but hard to follow. It's like be greedy when people are fearful and fearful when people are greedy. Right? That's, that's what the, I also say in my video. Warren Warren Buffett's so quote. Greed, Warren yeah, Buffett. exactly. Like, so it's like yeah. everyone yeah. else is panicked and you're sitting there at the auction yeah. just printing. When right?
1: everyone thinks the real estate market is the worst it's ever and stay away from it. That's when you buy. Exactly. And when everyone's going towards it, that's when you sell. <laughs> it's crazy. Not a lot of people know that. Yeah. Uh, you write
2: a newsletter, uh, about what? Well, I have two. Um, one's poker. It's called Crush Mondays. It goes out every Monday. It's at consciouspoker.com. It's free. Um, you Say it's
1: slower so people can maybe go subscribe.
2: Fair enough. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, it's called Crush Mondays. It's at consciouspoker.com, C O N S C I O U S, poker.com. And it goes out every Monday. It comes with poker tips, hand reviews from clients that I coach and work with, or within our community where I break down interesting hands. Uh, new content that comes out on the conscious poker youtube that's every week we have shorts or tweets of the week or instagram posts yeah and then just poker tips like we have you know yeah. talk about variance and stuff like that so that's one of them i've been doing that for many years and remind
1: me to talk about variance with you when we get to poker i want to know what you think of it yeah sure because i'm i was just experiencing it recently i've ran a
2: lot of sims on this too so i'm happy to yeah talk let's about talk
1: it. about that at some point okay I, didn't, I don't have that in my notes but i want to talk okay, about okay i'll that. write that down
2: and then All the right. second one is uh um it's at it's a investing and wellness newsletter. It's at alectorelli.substack.com and I write about wealth and wellness. It's called Wealthier, W H E A L T H I R cuz wealth and wellness are two things that I'm super interested in. And so it was originally about crypto. I started it like 2 years ago when crypto was moving fast and I was trying to explain crypto simply for people to understand. So I wrote a big series on Bitcoin called The Future of Money and there's like 10 installments about how money is changing and how it's changed throughout history and, and why I think Bitcoin's the future reserve currency of the world. Um, And so that's, that's a, the most popular piece, but then there's just new updates on, I talk about mobile home parks, talk about venture capital. Um, talk You guys about might want
1: to go subscribe. Yeah. Seriously. That's yeah, it's interesting a, it's, stuff.
2: Yeah. Like I, it's all free. Like I it just, it's a passion project kind of like this is for you. It's like, just like, I feel like it's kind of a calling for me to help you enjoy people on their journey. I love it. Like yeah. I was writing, a piece this morning, um, about trading, about investing, about my mindset and approach. And like a lot of the pair, there's so many parallels between poker and decision-making and investing, right? Like in poker, you know, you go to where the opportunity is. Like we talked about that buy when people are selling, you know, like it's the same thing in investing too. So I noticed there's all these parallels. So I use a lot of poker analogies. Uh, people might find that interesting.
1: Yeah. I think they would find it interesting. And, and it's something, you know, I enjoy doing this interviewing and doing that. I love this podcast, but when I do talk, and I go on and put out the NV rants about success mindset, uh, wealth tips and stuff. that's where my real passion is because that's what helped me get to where I'm at. So you have a YouTube channel on finance. Yep, Is that right? Do I have so that the right?
2: newsletter, um, goes out and then a lot of times, I'll take the concept of the newsletter and turn it into a video. The YouTube channel is called Cryptorelli because like crypto and Torelli. Yeah, get it. Um, yeah. So I made that channel. It's mostly, again, mostly about crypto, but there's some finance stuff too.
1: Nice. And you are you speak and you give lessons, but like, and you just mentioned this earlier, I caught it from your poker perspective and you apply it to life, business, and investing. Yeah. That's kind of the concept, how you, how you say they're paralleled.
2: Right. And like, the thing you mentioned, like, you know, your purpose, like I play poker and, you know, investing those, you know, you kind of do these things to make money. But like, you know, the thing that I'm really called by is like, I want to help people make better decisions. And poker is a great framework for how to think through decision-making because, you know, poker and life are both games of incomplete information where there's predominantly skill that dictates your reality, but there's still an element of luck. You know, there's an element of luck in life. There's an element of luck in poker. And so it's like, you have to navigate this unknown framework. And then like poker really teaches you to do that because there's probability there's expectation there's uh variance there's you know capital management or risk management in life and so you know most of life is just being able to to make great decisions um not emotionally but intuitively or logically right using your your better frameworks for thinking through things and avoid emotional decisions avoid ego avoid tilt that happens in life as well as poker and so you really have to you know poker teaches you i think at a high level to like master your process, master yourself, master your own emotions, master your, you know, overcome ego and stuff like that. And yeah.
1: And so- in, in my book that I wrote seven figure decisions, I talk about one chapter is about decisions. It's, it's so awesome. funny. Yeah. And it's in, in, and I say in there, you know, not making any decisions is a decision. The first thing to do is you have to be able to make one. Cause there's a lot of people out there that research a lot of things they plan to do it, they plan to do it, they plan to do it, and then it passes them by. And I've often even said, you know, sometimes it's not a bad idea to just make a decision. Um, Of course, there's a million things that go to that. And even if it's not the perfect decision, then you just make another decision to tweak it. I mean, because a lot of people just are always on the runway, and they're never taken off, you know?
2: Yeah, I think it's better to go the wrong way than go nowhere. Because at least if you're going the wrong way, Eventually it's going to become obvious that you're going the wrong direction. Yeah. Like that's very clear to you if you, you know, have any sort of introspection or like self-awareness. So you're going to then say, okay, this is the wrong way. So then I need to turn a 180 and go around. Also, like you said, not making a decision is still a decision. So in investing, you know, not investing is still investing. You're investing in cash. And so because that currency can be printed and depreciated, you have this, you know, depreciating asset. So you're still investing. You're just choosing the U S dollar as your main yeah, store you're of value going with the fiat. Right, uh, you're still investing in fiat, right? But there's yeah. alternatives. Of course, there's there's Bitcoin, but then there's also real estate. There's stocks. There's so it's like all of these complacency things are still a decision.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah no decision is a decision. Yeah. Uh, okay. Gosh, I could. I'm not going to do that to the to the viewers. I know. We, we I have could, a separate podcast. I could in the literally <laughs> talk about that all day because that. I believe those principles, which there could tail off into a million different directions, are really the keys to success that people don't understand. Because most people, and again, respectfully, because of the way our society is built and framed, They are built and framed to stay within this box of, and and there's nothing wrong with this. I've said this a million times. You go to school, you get a degree, you go and apply for a job, you get a job, you work the job, you get a retirement. Hey, look, if you're doing that, God bless you. uh, I'm not putting it down, but what, what most people don't understand is there's so many more opportunities outside of that box where you want to create real wealth, and it's just... It's just sick that so many people, because of the way society is designed, don't tap into that. And that's one of my passions too, is to talk about
2: that. Yeah. And like, I mean, you know, poker, I have a business, I have a training site. Like, sure, I charge for poker if you want me to like give you my life experience in a day session. Obviously, you know, it is what it is. But like my passion is, I think, hopefully, you know, more helpful to a wider range of people. And that that I always want to be free. Like I want to help share all the information I gather, synthesize that through videos and podcasts and shorts and, and articles and just yeah, help people on their journey. It's like something we we, we share that same passion. So yeah, it's really cool.
1: Yeah, I didn't know a lot of that about you. That's really cool. Okay, so let's get on to the poker, your poker career. Let's do it. You ready for that?
2: Yeah, I'm ready. Poker's cool too.
1: All right. So you started poker, you mentioned you were 18. So that's 2003.
2: Yes. No, I started playing at 16. I was in high school, I got invited to a friend's house and poker just exploded on TV. Money Waker won the main event. And it was like the cool thing to do. And so I went to his house, I won $12 and I was like, wow, I was never, you know, I didn't make the basketball team. I quit football my freshman year. And I was like, I can be good at this game and I can beat right. all these other people that are cooler than me and better than me at all these other yeah, sports. Right, right.
1: It wasn't your lane. Those other I was days. in my lane. I was like, yeah. I got this.
2: And obviously there's some bias towards winning your first time thinking you're better than you are, but does. right. So I started playing at 16, 2003. I went pro at 18, 2005. It's crazy. It's been so long, 18 years. It's nuts, right? That's half of my my life. I'm 35, so it's more than half of my life been yeah. a pro poker player. Yeah, it's crazy.
1: Well, not a lot of people no bullshit, not a lot of people can say that. It's not easy to make a living in poker.
2: Yeah, it's a very hard way to make an easy living. Yeah. And it's one of those things that not it's a hard way to make an easy living. It's <laughs> it's it's almost sometimes easy to make a living for a short period of time. It's hard to make a living for a long period of time because there is variance. And so there's a self-selection of like the people that run well in the beginning make a living for a year and then variance hits or they make make one mistake, they mismanage and then the longevity thing is hard, too, in poker, I feel like.
1: Yeah. That, yeah, I get it. Believe me, I get it. Yeah. Um, okay. And it says here that uh, you uh, you made over in your career a million dollars on online uh, cash earnings.
2: Yeah, I played a lot of online starting out. So um, I started playing in high school. And 2007, when I moved to Australia, I got up early one day because the time change is like crazy to play online tournaments. I won the biggest tournament online at the time. It was the F tops on full tilt and it was a quarter million in a day. And so for me, that was like life changing. And that kind of put me on the map in poker because I got some like, you know, media attention, whatever, made a final table of a tournament in Aruba before that too. So that kind of like, you know, propelled my career in terms of like in the public eye. But then in that year, 2007, I was playing already 1020 on party poker, 2550, which was the biggest game on the site. And then, so I started playing bigger, like 2550 consistently. And then I moved up quickly to, you know, I was playing a lot of heads up. I played the biggest games on online, which was 200, 400 no limit, and I was like, I think the sixth or seventh biggest winner in the world that year. I made a million dollars that year in two thousand seven. Wow. So that was, uh, you know, completely life changing. That was nineteen at the time, living in Australia, and so maybe that's why I liked Australia so much too. I was like, yeah, living on on this high at a young age. That's um, really cool. Yeah, so I played a lot of online poker in the early days, but I was always opportunistic. Obviously, like I knew online was not going to last in the sense that it wasn't going to be this gold mine that it was. And so I was always like looking for the next, you know, I heard a great quote at a marketing conference one time, like you either have to be the first or you have to be the best. It's so much easier to be the first than the best, but if you're the first, it's easier to be the best because you become the best by being the first and then it's easier to stay on top once you're on top. So that's kind of been like the process I've used through my career. It's like, okay, I want to be ahead of the, of the curve, but I want to stay ahead of the curve. And so it's like, you have to be the best, but you also, you know, be the first So I've kind of moved around towards. You know, online and then Vegas and then Macau and you know different opportunities. Like yeah, that's no, that's sure. the poker hustle. You know,
1: it's the poker hustle for sure. And it's like you know, uh, I always tell people because I've been in business thirty years and I've had so many different businesses that I've opened and shut that nothing lasts. Usually, nothing lasts forever. Not every niche lasts forever. And you know, it's like if you were the inventor of the actual fax machine. You, and you were the first, you probably made a lot of money, right? Because they were just, everyone had one. But at some point, nobody has one, right? So right. you have to evolve. You have to change. You have to go a different direction and find a different lane. And uh, that's what you're talking about.
2: Yeah, and that's why, like, you know, I was mentioning before, like the longevity thing in poker, it's hard to find people that are in poker for a very long time because their exploit, whatever that is, right? They're ahead of the curve or they found this one game online, these heads up, sit and goes, or whatever it is, right? Whatever niche they've found to exploit to make money, Dries up because markets are efficient. And so eventually if there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of money to be made, and it's easy to make that money and the barrier to entry is low, there's gonna be enough people that are hungry enough to chase that opportunity until that that reaches equilibrium and yeah. it becomes very hard. And so yeah. you have to always iterate and get better, but you also have to find new opportunities. And that's
1: Well, you know It's, it's hard funny. in business,
2: but it's it's hard in poker too. Yeah, it's funny too, because like I know this and and what
1: you said here. You know, I <clears throat> always played poker over the years as a total rack business owner, I had nothing about poker in this last year. I, I, I don't I don't really know, because I just think I don't what really constitutes a pro, but I play for a living and I run a poker show, so yeah. I don't, I don't no, know. No, you got a lot better. I don't, know, like, I don't know if I am, but my point, oh yeah. and I, You but, got
2: good at poker. Yeah, but my point is my at first
1: poker. year as playing poker only, between on-stream and off-stream, probably three quarters of a million dollars is what I made, right? Yeah, it's incredible. But here's the thing the first two months of this year, I'm getting my balls kicked in mm. with a, with a, uh, you know, a, a major downswing. So what you're saying is true. The only thing is, is I'm smart enough to know that there has to be adjustments made. I have to recognize it. I have to manage my bankroll. I'm taking some time off. I'm rethinking some things. And so what you're saying is actually true. And I could see if you're someone who is, you know, me, I, I'm, I'm lucky enough to already have money. So, but if I really was grinding that bankroll up to what I did, and then I just went on this big variance downhill slalom, like it could put you, it could put you out, just like you're saying. So the longevity, anyone in poker that has played poker for whether it's 18 years or how many years, and they are making that kind of money, it's very rare. Because poker, like you said, is a
2: very hard
1: way, hard way to make easy
2: money. Yeah, and I always tell clients I work with too, like, it's always, it's cool to, play poker to be able to play it's not that cool to have to play and that's just like the truth like if you yeah. have to play poker to like pay rent and yeah. you're like what i call there's a there's a level where like you're where i call above the bullshit right where like the money you're playing with doesn't affect the material uh aspect of your daily life with yeah. like your rent your food your expenses whatever yeah. if you're above that level poker's great yeah because it's like the losses don't sting as much and like you're not translating your daily results into oh i can't do this in the real world because i lost at poker like if you're in that space where you're translating that and you have you have to yeah. grind through that sometimes you, you everyone starts at that space unless you come yeah you sought you you come sidestep into poker from money through you, through you make money through something else and that's the sweet spot to be in but if you're coming up through poker it's very hard to get through that level and that's that's the challenging part where most people don't yeah don't get it's through. a
1: very small group
2: yeah and it's it's tough because like you know losing really affects you when it comes out of the bills and well, the rent. That's what I mean. And, and, then, and then and it's the pressure, harder to play well and the pressure. Play, yeah. Yeah.
1: You start playing scared. You play worried, you know, so it's, I,
2: I don't. Or you can't take a month off, right? Like, correct. Which is what, and there's a difference between being good at playing poker and being a good poker player. And like things you're talking about are being a good poker player. It's like, you know, you're smart enough to know that you need time off. You're smart enough to know you're like, this is a downswing. How do I, how do I react? How do I come back? And those things, you know, come with maturity and wisdom too. And sometimes people end up losing, learning the hard way that, you have to learn those lessons and I learned yeah. the hard way. You know, I learned
1: a lot of those lessons in business. So I have a lot of wisdom coming right. from
2: variants in business. And you came to poker at a mature age. Like I, yeah. I matured through poker. So yeah. it's like I learned all these lessons by losing a lot of money. That's the way that I learned. That was the pain that Freud says you run you know, right. towards pleasure and run from pain. And so I lost a million dollars after I made a million dollars because I had a lot of ego and I didn't manage myself and my emotions and my bankroll correctly. So I was 20, I lost a million dollars playing poker. I have a video about it on my YouTube, I wrote an article about it um and so you know i learned like these things and like oh wow this is you know how to well for all you
1: up and comers this is good information for you because sometimes (laughs) you got to learn this yourself without hearing it so take heed if you're listening um you won two back-to-back wpt events at the bellagio you're the only one ever do that i think still to this
2: day at the time definitely i haven't like updated the you know if anyone's ever done it i'm I'm guessing not because it's kind of you know one of those things where you need you know a random event to happen yeah. um but yeah i was at the wpt uh festa lago at bellagio in october and um i played you know there's like a series of events there and uh i won two of them back to back days it was actually kind of crazy because um jonathan little got second both days so Isn't we we played heads up both days wow and i won and obviously there's some you know there's some, there's some luck there, too, in the sense that, like, you know, we both made it to the final two both days, right? Of course. There's just some serendipity. But, yeah, that was crazy. We were on, you know, at the time, I think, the cover of Poker Pro Magazine for this, stuff like that, when, you know, there's all these poker publications and stuff. So, they, they did a piece on it because it was just so, like, mathematically, like, crazy, right? Yeah, you two both
1: back-to-back. Right, it's and insane. then, like, now we
2: both are, like, still in poker, right, yeah. which is kind of rare, too. This was, like, in 2009. I had just finished a triathlon, so 2009, I think. And, you know, we're both still in poker, you know, more than a decade later, we both have training sites. Like, it's just like kind of this yeah. crazy story. You know,
1: I've watched some of his videos. He's done a couple on me and other people and uh, he's, he sounds very knowledgeable, but one thing I like about him is he's very fair. Yeah. He seems very fair to me. Like when I listen to when he, when he does his pieces, he doesn't ever tear anyone down to make content. He's just, he makes good content.
2: Yeah. If, if you're objective and kind, that's, that goes a long way. Yeah. yeah.
1: And you started coaching in 2013. What made you do that?
2: Well, I think... It's like one of those things where I really, you know, I built, you know, now I have a, a brand I built, a, like, I like sharing things. I like connecting with people. Like poker is a very solitary game largely, right? Like you're always on your own. You're making all your decisions on your own. It's like, you know, you have to build a sports circle, whatever. And so this was a way that I can like plug into my audience and connect with people and like help share what I learned to help others on their journey. And that was like, seemed like an obvious way to do that. You, you know? enjoy it. I really like it. Yeah. yeah I still coach this day. And now it's 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 different. I'm in a different place, and I work with different clients. But like I get to meet really cool people. Yeah, they're they're very doing you know they're very successful at business or what they do, and they're you know run a company or whatever. And it's super interesting because they're you know in their lane doing something at a very high level. And these people are super competitive, right? Like they're used to performing at a very high level. They're used to winning. And, or maybe a lot of times I work with people that were competitive athletes in college and now maybe they're seniors, they just retired, or maybe they're, yeah. you know, in their forties and they can't be a competitive athlete anymore, but they still want to feel that level of competition. So they turn to poker and like, so they're really driven by all these other deeper things. And it's really cool to work with people like that because, yeah. you know, it's really meaningful for them to achieve something in poker. And Did then you, some people want the business side and they want to make money. You just, but,
1: decide, you just described me. I used yeah. to love sports. I was into sports. I'm 56. Poker's my competition, right. you know? And I love it. That's part of what I love about poker is the yeah. competition.
2: And I, it's really cool to help, like, see someone that texts me, like, a, you know, story client won a tournament last week or someone texts me like, hey, I won a 40K yeah. upswing. And it's yeah. like a the light bulb sw- goes on. And they, and then they, a lot of people are get bored with poker because they stop learning and it just gets frustrating and sort of monotonous. But then when they see a deeper level to it, they reinvigorate that excitement for the game that they felt when they first started playing. And so, like, that sort of... Yeah, is exciting, and that feedback yeah. that comes towards yeah, you me get as the coach—you
1: get to enjoy the fruits of your life. right?
2: Is like it's awesome. You know, it's really, it's really been rewarding. Um, it's, it's, it's led me to some amazing people too that That's I've become cool. friends with, which is nice. really cool.
1: All right, guys, I want to take a minute. We got a new sponsor here on the show. It's Only Poker. It's a new poker app. It's an all-in-one poker app community. It will give you stats, tell you where the games are, allow you to go in and uh, post games at any location in the world. Uh, It allows you to build circles, which means you can build communities and have chat uh, circles for certain groups. You could be part of numerous groups. Uh, It has everything. It has poker gossip, poker news. Go and sign up Only Poker.
2: Struggling to find an all-in-one platform for the
3: latest poker news and thrilling poker stories? Only Poker has got you
2: covered. The platform is packed with exciting poker news, discussions, and games that you won't be able to resist. Share your thoughts with friends on the hottest poker topics in our circle. Discover the best poker games anytime, anywhere, and secure your seat at the table. Find all your poker needs in one place.
0: Download only poker and join the best poker community today.
1: Yeah, and uh, so you have a YouTube poker channel 10 years uh, by now, you right?
2: Is when you started it, it says. Yeah, crazy, huh? And you started uh, the hand of the day. I started that in Macau. Or actually, maybe in Monaco or Well, Macau. 10
1: years is when you got married, so it might have been right when you got yeah, married. Yeah,
2: and you know, Ambra like, I think you know it's a joint thing, and she was filming me, like you know, the beginning and like helping in the hands of the day, right? Just like marketing production, like just helping me with everything. She's been right by my side the whole time. And so
1: your channel has, to the date, about fifteen million views. You got up almost seventy thousand subs. Yep, and you have over five hundred videos there.
2: Yeah, it's been. You What's know, your channel called? Conscious Poker. Oh, it's the Conscious Poker. Yeah, like got at it. the beginning it was like Alex Rally, but when I started Conscious Poker, <laughs> I just changed the name to kind of fit the brand. Um, but so I started the channel way before Conscious Poker, like maybe oh, four years yeah. before I opened a training site and I didn't start it to like, I didn't start it with any like business plan. I mean, it took four years before I built a training site. So it wasn't, I didn't have like some long tail, like I'm going to monetize or whatever. It was just like, Hey, I have a this like kind of crazy, cool poker life. Uh, I'm in Macau. I'm traveling the world. I play all these cool, crazy hands and have all these stories. I just felt compelled to like, want to share that with other people. And then hopefully like you know, connect with others and help them on their journey. So I just started talking about hands that I played that were interesting. And I made this format called the hand of the day Mm. and that kind of stuck. People were like, Oh, tell me more. And then, so the coaching sort of came organically through people like reaching out to me, like, Hey, do you offer coaching? Or, you know, the first book I wrote, people were like, Hey, do you have a book? Uh, And so like, I started to kind of listen to the audience and create the things that they told me they wanted as a service or a product. And so conscious poker was kind of like, had a long time coming and born out of all this you know sort of built up demand from yeah. building an audience over time
1: and you uh then you took their their input and wrote the book the poker coach
2: yeah, so someone reached out to me about writing a poker book, um, and I actually didn't come up with a name. I mean, I'm I'm flattered by the name, and it's, it's it sounds a little self-aggrandizing, so I didn't come up with this name. But they, you know, the publishing company has all the rights of like, kind of how it works. They're like, this is how we market it. This is the cover. These is the graphics. And I was kind of like, hey, can I do this? And my graphic designer, and they're like, no, 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 that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, so they came up with this this you know this book and this name and this thing, and but they gave me freedom to like outline it and and write it how I want. And so yeah, I I wrote something that I thought would be really good for people that were wanting to learn poker, that were coming from, um, not necessarily coming from business world, but just like not coming from a poker background. So right. it's not like a very, I mean, it gets into the, some of, of the principles.
1: Successful business wrecks.
2: Right. And it gets into some of the principles that are a little bit deeper, like hand reading. And I talk about my hand range funnel and like pot odds and, and ranges and stuff like that. So it gets into some of the more, the deeper concepts, but it, it's coming from a perspective of like, here's how to treat poker like a business. Here's how to think about, the mindset the bankroll management and like how much you should be risking here's some of the variants involved and then here's like how to build the strategy like layer it from the ground up and so it's meant to be like a linear walkthrough book of of how to help people where would so, one find that book the pokercoach.com i bought that domain after right they told me the title um so the you'll see reviews all the books we have 100 plus reviews most five star really proud of that yeah. um so, yeah, thepokercoach.com or just look on Amazon for the poker coach. Or... You think
1: maybe I could score a copy of that? Totally. All right, I'll give you one of mine. Yeah, my, let's mine's do it. not very good, but I, I'm dying
2: to read yours. Let's swap signed copies. All right, you got it. Yeah. Deal. Um, I give away a copy of The Poker Coach almost every week when I play on The Hustler. Um, oh, and nice. so either that or like a piece of merchandise. And I always do this fun thing where like you have to guess my result. And the closest person to guess my result on Twitter or Instagram gets a free copy of the book, a wow. signed copy. I mail it to them. Or like a piece of merchandise or maybe a membership at Conscious Poker. Who's the
1: jerk that got a copy when you lost the most? Oh,
2: yeah. So some people guess like this one guy, like <laughs> I lost 47,000 one week. I, I know, 155 and lost 47. But like the guy that guessed is like minus 49,000. I'm like, Fuck, this guy was exactly yeah. right. Like, and yeah, like, yeah. Send him a signed copy. Here yeah, you go. There buddy. it like, is. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Nice. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> well done. <All laughs> yeah, right. neg- If you don't guess negative, I mean, you're going to be wrong. Right. 40% yeah, that's of the poker. Right. Yeah, it's poker. Yeah, it is. I mean, so. Yeah, 60% of the poker. Especially time. when they see everyone else guessing positive. Right? If, they, if they're like two hours late to the tweet and they see like nine people guess positive.
1: Yeah, yeah. people, you know, people, in some people in poker, poker players, and of course, <clears throat> you know, people just starting, like and even a lot of people have been around it, don't realize that what you said is the exact stat that I, that I have in my head and that I know is that if you're a really good poker player, you're probably only gonna win about 60% of yeah. the time. You're gonna have to, you know, yeah. Ish, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Depends yeah. on how long you play. Depends how on how soft the game is. Mean, right. There's a lot of variables. Yes, of course.
2: It could be up to 70, but it's never. It's not 90%. Like, that's impossible. Right. It's not even 80. It's no. maybe 70 it's at the It's not like the end. End.
1: fastest runner is going to win 9 out of 10 races right. or 10 out of this 10. This
2: isn't chess. Like, Magnus yeah. always wins. Like, yeah. it's not like that. No. Yeah. 60% is, is very good. 70% is, like... Insane. Yeah, like, world class, but also the variables have to be in your favor. You have to be playing longer sessions, super soft, like, you know games of course, of where course. your edge is a lot bigger. So yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, so in your words, from what you know, from your experience, from your research, tell me about variance. Let me let me tell you more what I want to know yeah. about variance. Why variance happens. I know it's mathematics. How you're supposed to handle variance. Basically that. Like if somebody is going through variance and you were to talk to them, what would you
2: say? Okay, I know so, that's broad, but Yeah, that's broad. <coughs> and then, then there's like a there's a psychological component and then there's like a math component. So, both. Yeah, the both, right? So, the first thing is um and so we have a we have a program called Alex Academy, which is a poker business course, and it's meant to help people turn poker into a business. So, the whole first part of the bi- the course is like building the business. So, it's it's what you do before you even play poker at the table. Like no strategy is involved in the first part, and it's all about building a business. And so, the first whole part of the course is bankroll management, and with that comes Understanding the variance involved. Because if you don't understand the variance, you can't properly plan a bankroll that's adequate to withstand the swings you're going to experience. Now, there's, the swings you're going to experience are based on how soft the games are and how good you are relative to the other players, right? Your win rate in poker is the difference in skill between you and your opponents minus the rake. So, if you have a very, very big edge... And you're playing many many hours in a given month you might not need as big of a bankroll or as many buy-ins because you're not going to go on a a very long downswing and your edge is bigger so you're not going to you're not going to have as many uh buy-ins that you're going to be losing you don't need as many buy-ins uh to withstand that variance and so there's like a sort of a formula here so there's different variables that you enter into into a, a calculator let's say and it spits out a solution so i walk people through how to use that there's a calculator later available at prime dope we have content about this on conscious poker on the YouTube. I walk people through how to use it. It's obviously more in depth than our course, but it's also free at conscious poker on the YouTube. So it's, it's, I would say like, that's really important to do as an exercise, because until you know the variance, you don't know how to play in the bankroll. And then also mentally, there's the mental component too, right? If you know that you're going to experience something, it's a lot easier to handle that experience, right? right. The, the analogy I always use the clients is like, look, if, if I tell, let's say I'm your trainer. Right. And we're, I'm a personal trainer and I'm your trainer. I say, Hey, you're going to have to run a mile. And you know, I tell you this the day before tomorrow, you're going to run a mile, be here at 8. AM and you're going to run a mile around the track. It's you're ready to do that activity. You get prepared and you're ready to run that mile. Right. But if I told you at the end of that mile, now you have to run three more miles. You're like, fuck, I can't do that. I'm out. I'm done. I already, I'm done. I already committed to a mile. I didn't commit to four, but if I told you the day before you have to run four, you can still probably, you know, you can get through it. You can walk it You're ready. So it's like that with poker and the variance too. Like if you know you're going to experience twenty buy-in downswing, and I'm not saying that's the number, but if it is, you know you're going to experience twenty. You don't, and you have a twenty k bankroll. You know you can only play five ten and buy in one k or two five and buy in deep, and you're ready for that experience. And when you lose ten, you're not necessarily going to play as bad because you you've you've compartmentalized that and you built that into your yeah. framework for decision making. Yeah. So that's super important. And um, poker is a game where. I don't want to say it doesn't matter how well you play when you win, but most people play pretty good when they win. Like yeah, if you, you're
1: in the zone because you've got confidence and you're playing good and it's going well.
2: It's going well. You're willing to make big folds. You're not getting it in. You're not spazzing out. You're willing to, like, avoid the spots and just not yeah. three-bet with the 7-5 suit. Like, you don't... You're just like, I don't care, you know? And so... Poker is really a game where your results are dictated by how well you play when you're losing relative to how well everyone else plays when they're losing. Cause everyone plays pretty damn well when they're winning. Certainly better players play better, but you get the idea. And so you have to build that into your framework of like how you're gonna respond. And you have to be ready to respond when you're down 10 buy-ins. And you still have to have the aggression to be able to three bet the hands. You know you're supposed to three bet, right? To double barrel when you're supposed to double barrel. Yeah, because you sit there and you're like, I don't want to do that right now. Right. Or like, I'm just going to call here because I'm running bad. Or I'm just going to call this spot because I never hit the turn. Or I'm just, I'm not going to bluff here because I don't want to incur the variance. And as soon as you do that, you're fucked. Like it's over. You've lost. You <laughs> it's di- over. <laughs> you've given up all your edge. Especially in like the games we play, they're higher stakes. They're more competitive. Yeah. If you're not willing to pull the trigger, you're just, you're just drawing dead. Yeah. And so, you know building that into your mental framework is like super important. And I like, you know, at this point in my poker career, I do work on the strategy, but I would say like half of the time I'm working on the game, I'm working on myself, you know, I'm working on mastering myself and like, how do I play at my capacity? How do you work on that? The
1: psychological part of poker, the emotional part of poker?
0: <laughs> oh, man.
2: Yeah, a lot of ways. I mean, I've worked with, you know, ment- mental coaches in the past, Um, done like, you know, mental training and hypnosis. Like I've done a lot of things like that um and now that's some of what i teach to to clients and stuff like that too but um you know like just doing mental like framework visualization like how i want to play and like how i want to feel when i'm at the table and like instilling in myself that i'm fearless and confident and that i i'm able to execute on the plays in the big spots because look like in our games too you know we have the world watching we have all the armchair quarterbacks everyone's critiquing every play we make um, and we're also playing for a lot of money. It's under pressure. I think playing on TV or whatever you want to call it, uh, even if the money is smaller, it's harder to play on TV than it is to play oh, yeah. games that are bigger that are not televised. I've had for experience sure. in both. I've it's,
1: hard, it's hard playing when every eye is on you, making an a, assumption of what you should, shouldn't do and... You know, And anyway. everyone
2: has perfect information. So they all know the right decision. Oh, and yeah. you don't know the right decision. No, of course. Yeah. And so like a lot of what I do is focused on gearing up for these moments where it's like very hard to be at your best. And there's a there's a difference between, you know, me at my A game and me at my B game or my C game. Uh, and so, yeah, like I do like, you know, fasting sometimes and like working out. And so like my workouts are more, um, they're as much mental as they are physical. And a lot of what I'm training myself to do is to perform at a very high level mentally under a lot of pressure. So like I'll run on the treadmill and this might sound crazy, but like I'm trying to be the best poker player I can, you know, so I'm doing things that seem kind of extreme, but that's kind of where I'm trying to compete at. And so I'll, I'll run on the treadmill, right? And let's say I'm doing sprints on the treadmill. I'll run at 10.0, which is like pretty fast. You know, you have to pretty exert a lot of effort. Uh, and I'll do that for like a minute or two minutes. Right. So I'm, I'm pretty much at my physical capacity, but while I'm doing that, I'm trying to breathe through my nose and slow my heart rate down. And I'm also trying to visualize mistakes I make at the table. So I'm, I'm walking through an entire hand with like all, you know, poker happens slowly. Right. So I'm visualizing like my betting patterns, my emotions, and like how I'm acting and how I'm uh, I'm playing through hands and I'm replaying hands that I made a mistake at the table and I'm replaying them correctly. You know, cause when you like visualize yourself doing something correctly, you like imprint in your mind, how you want to respond in a situation before you've been there. So let's say I get the lineup, you know, from Felman whatever, and I'll go to the gym the day before the session. I'll visualize like, okay, if this player's to my left, these are the spots I'm going to attack, and this is how I'm going to play. And so I'm like getting in this like mental zone where like by the time I get to the table, I'm just like extremely focused. Is that why and I'll meditate twice? Is a that day. why
1: when I was to your left, that when I would when the board when I would be the pre-flop raiser, the board would come and it, you wouldn't think it was in my range, and I would make a c-bet, you would always raise with nothing. Was that the card you had on me? No,
2: it wasn't necessarily about you. It was <laughs> <laughs>
1: that was more of a joke, but that did you. happen a couple times. That was well, more, one time of, that was more of a joke against you. You did, you did. So was I mean, it tens? Was,
2: yeah, yeah. I wasn't bluffing. I mean, no, I no, no,
1: it was a joke. It was Fair a joke. Um, do you speaking of like seeing and an, you didn't say the word anchoring? Do you work NLP ever?
2: Um, well, so like some of the things that I did in hypnosis were like you know you repeat you, you count your count yourself down to like get into like a yeah alpha state right, and then you kind of like repeat affirmations, mantra, whatever you want to call it. Like people label, like they hear labels and they get, they they're triggered or they feel something. So you repeat a statement to yourself about how you want to perform. Yeah. And so one of the things that I learned, uh, and this is something I, I work with clients too, is like. Your subconscious mind doesn't understand the negative form of something, right? So if we do an exercise and we could try this with, with the audience, like if I tell you to close your eyes and not think about a red umbrella, don't think about a red umbrella, don't think about a red umbrella, don't think about a red umbrella, whatever you visualize, don't think about a red umbrella. You can try and think about a green snake or a purple car or a blue goldfish, but like somewhere within your frame of visualization is a red umbrella, yeah, right? And so what I told you not to, I told you not to think about this object, but it's still there. It's certainly more prevalent than let's say, you know, a, a green Gatorade. Right. Because I told you, I, I brought this into your, 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 your idea. And so a lot of people, what they do in poker is they tell themselves the thing that they don't want to experience or feel or do. They say, I don't want to play bad. I don't want to tilt. I don't want to lose focus. I don't want to make dumb decisions, you know, whatever. And so You really have to be careful about the programming you're choosing to put in your mind because your, your, your subconscious mind responds to the way that you, so what would you, what would you
1: replace? I don't want to play bad. I don't want it. What would you replace that with? So my
2: mantra that I use is like, you know, I, something simple would be like my goal is to play the next hand the best way possible. Right? So that's affirmative and it's stated in the positive of how you want to perform, right? Think and feel. So saying, I don't want to make a mistake consciously to you, is the same thing as saying, I want to play the next hand perfect. not making You mistake, just have to
1: reframe how you say
2: it and not put it mi- into a positive. Right. Not making a mistake and playing perfect are like two sides of the same coin. But your interpretation of those things on a functional level are profoundly different. Yeah, because you have
1: fear of making mistake, but right. when you frame it, I just want to play the best hand. There's no fear there because you're right. just telling yourself what you want to do and, and you're going to c- do.
2: It's a command to yourself to perform at your capacity, right? So mm-hmm. these are all sorts of like things that I'm doing whether it's through meditation I do twice a day or like at the gym the visualization like I mean yeah it's all part of like how what I'm the hell did to... you
1: say to yourself when you lost the 47 ball before
2: <laughs> <laughs> what was you whatever you said get rid of that Quit poker. <laughs> get rid of that no so honestly like my uh and that's something that you know is really it's really challenging because like my you know getting ready for a game to me is like a big sort of process right so like my approach to getting ready for poker is like, you know, a lot goes into it. And so it's extremely rewarding when I win 55 and I just feel like I played phenomenal, sure. but I get rewarded for playing phenomenal. And it's really frustrating when I still feel like I played pretty damn good, but I lost 47. I ran into aces three times that session. I just put out a video about it today, which by now will be in a couple of weeks, but I, the video is called, I got destroyed on hustler. And I got destroyed. I ran into aces three times. Yeah. And so like, but other hands too. And maybe you make one mistake and it's session turning. Sure. And so like, it's very frustrating to give all of this effort and energy and attention and dedication and then not be rewarded. Like that is very hard for people that don't play poker to understand. It doesn't happen in other aspects of life. You know, like in chess, if you do everything that I'm talking about and you make better moves, you're going to win.
1: Why do I picture you before a session sitting in the middle of a room with a poncho with (laughs) your hands up Indian style with like a bunch of incense smoke around you? No, no,
2: no, not at all. Okay, cool. Like I'm, I'm, people probably get the idea that I'm more like Zen and like all of this stuff that I am. Like, no, like sometimes it's just like on the treadmill. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm more of an active person. I like to do things. It's hard for me to sit still. So, like, the idea of me, like, sitting in this perfect zen state and meditating with all these incense is, like, I don't even have time to light the incense. No, I like, it. I, you know, like, I'm at the treadmill. It's more of a troll. Right. Yeah, fair enough. Um,
1: do you think that taking poker breaks are a good thing, a bad thing, plus or negative? How do you feel about that?
2: That's great. Yeah. They're good? I think most people um, have a limit to how much poker they can play at their capacity and play well. And that's different for every person. And it's different at different times of everyone's life. And when you're losing that pie of how often poker can be in your life shrinks, right? Yeah. So being mindful and respective of the process is something that I had to learn, like I said, through, you know, ignorance. So you think it's healthy. Ignorance and arrogance, and I cost me a lot of money. Very healthy. And I think like, you know, I've always been like a part-time, full-time pro. Like when I was in Macau, I would play 80 hours a week, but then I'd go to Italy and not play for a little while because like you need that equilibrium. But it's very hard, I would say for most people to play 40 hours a week, 50 weeks a year for five years. Like, that is not... Even of the professionals, Oh yeah, that is not... Well, I could tell you... Where I've people are operating.
1: For one point, a uh, year and eight months. Yeah. Two to four times a week. Every week. That's a lot. Okay, a lot. And... And like I said, I was on a good trajectory, so it was a little easier. But right, then yeah. when I hit the down uh, trajectory, I and it's a big joke, on the, I and I started it because I started going, I'm eight in a row, nine in a row, 10 in a row. And I don't know <laughs> if it was like 11 in a row or 12 in a row. I forget what it was, losing sessions. And uh, you Man. know my games play big too, so like it's it's you know it adds it, up. It adds up. And uh, I was there for a few- <laughs> you were there for a few of them. Yeah, you got to reap the rewards. But and that punt to you with the ace five of hearts oh, was yeah. just a pure punt. Yeah, like and that I mean, was I, just a punt of I woke frustration. Up with it too. Yeah, you had it aces. Yeah, yeah. I mean. And so, but anyways, regardless, that's the point is is I I broke the streak and won like twenty something thousand. And when I realized I needed the break was when I still didn't enjoy myself. Yeah. I won. I broke the, the, the downhill slalom and I was so miserable at the table, right. even after I won where I, I was driving home and I said to myself, you know what? That's it. I need a break, man. Like I was so thin skinned and cranky even when I was winning that I thought, okay, I, I need to take a mental break. I need to get back to the basics, go work out, go do things. Right. And I'm only a couple of weeks into it. I feel amazing. Like it was hard for me at first because you get addicted to playing. Like when you're not go, like when you're going to play, it's exciting and you, and, and it fills time. And it's like, you love, cause you love doing, you love doing it. But what's nice about this is it's been a couple of weeks and-, and-, and I realized if I never played poker again, I wouldn't, I'd be sad, but I'm okay. And so, and I needed to know that, like, and and just taking the break and being home and like whatever. So I believe when I come back, I will be fresh. And I, but the only thing I want, win, lose or draw is I want to have fun.
2: Yes. Right. And I wasn't having fun. And that's something I yeah. always tell clients too. People are asking me like, Hey, I need a break. Or people DM me all the time. Like, Hey, I'm losing, I'm on a downswing. You know, should I take a break and how long? And I always tell people like, what worked for me is not to put this arbitrary thing no time on, on like a week it's being aware of your own emotions and how you feel and understanding that the time to come back is when you really feel like playing poker and it's yeah. the number 1 thing you want to do in your life yeah. until you feel that emotion towards poker where you're excited about it it's not time yeah and i noticed that like you know you you kind of alluded to this too like doing something else in your personal life that empowers you whether it's working out or brings you confidence back that you feel at the table like accomplish something like you work on a project or you go back to your business or you Build something, whatever that is, that kind of gets your momentum back. Because poker, you lose all that momentum. But when you build that back in your personal life through, like, you know, routine, diet, nutrition, and, and business, whatever it is, you kind of feel like, all right, I, I got my shit back. And then you're ready to go tackle poker.
1: Yeah, it's funny you say that because instinctually, when people ask me, well, are you coming back next week, week after? I said, to be honest with you, I don't know. Yeah. It could be next week. That's the it right It could answer. be two weeks. It could be a month. That's I don't answer. know. I'm going to know when I know. But like you said, too, I've been. Um, it's it's opened up more time in my my brain to where like i've been crushing business the last couple of weeks like where i'm now refocused on some of the things that i really needed to like go harder on because you know when you play two or three two or three times a week there's only so many hours in a day it's all consuming yeah it's very consuming especially so. if
2: like you're at this point you know you're now you're starting to study you're like reviewing you know you're talking to talking with hands with friends like it's not like you know people see like, oh, you played five hours on the stream and no. three hours after, oh, it's only eight hours. It's like, it's everything that's before and after those eight hours, you know? I if would, you're building content I around it I would literally
1: study before I played and then I would go home after a session and I would redo the session with somebody. Yeah. So it's yeah. the whole day.
2: Yeah, and then it's you the, know? a little bit the day after because then your sleep schedule's interrupted and yeah. then you gotta get back on track. It's like three yeah. days a week is a lot. It's a lot. At the high levels, you know, big games with the emotional yeah. volatility yeah. too to get back on track. because It's hard to go from losing 100K to... Business the next day, where the pace of business is like, you know, a, a, a fraction of the pace of poker, yeah. it's hard to go send those emails. It's yeah. pretty boring. It's boring. It's yeah. easy when you win. You don't, like and I, I didn't said, I want to do any win, of that when I was going through it. I just wanted to just sit there and
1: like. Vegetate. Right. Yeah. So no, all true. Get shit. off
2: your diet. It's hard when you get well, off I'm your diet. I'm always
1: off my diet, oh, but, shit. but you know what I mean? Yeah. But no, I've actually been doing a little better than that. I've been working out more. I feel really good. Yeah. yeah good for really you. Good. Yeah. yeah. It's a game changer. Yeah, I want my 175 ball back that I lost in those few
2: weeks, but, but I'll, I'll survive. You'll get it back. Yeah. That's, that's definitely within no striking distance it's nothing at this game. It's yeah. Nothing
1: burger. So, okay. Alec, let's talk about the hand. The hand, okay? Let's do it. <clears throat> Arms I'm gonna, up. I'm going to preface <laughs> something here first. I want to preface it. So here's the thing. Six years ago, yeah? Yeah. Six years ago when the controversy happened with the hand.
2: Well, the thing is the hand happened a year before the controversy, so I'm trying to think if it was six or seven. But anyway, yeah, I get what you're saying. Oh, because it didn't air? No, it aired. It just the controversy arose from what people in poker making videos about it. Oh, and so, okay.
1: But why did it take a year?
2: I don't know. It's a okay, good question. Okay, that I didn't know. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. I'll tell
1: you what I'm gonna do before we get into the hand. I'm gonna go ahead and show the raw uncut video that maybe you haven't seen, which shows you the beginning, the middle, and the end after a uh, wolf is felted and leaves. Go ahead and let's run it.
3: Are you <laughs> double straddling? Hello.
1: You missed my quads.
3: I missed you. Did you just
1: have quads? Uh, two hands ago. Is that why you got the really big um, stack I mean, now? I'm still down. I gotta see, yeah. But... All right.
2: Come in mm-hmm. so 45 mm-hmm. minutes, 30 minutes to come in hot. So double 575.
1: Okay. 30 minutes, we have an hour left, right? How much time do we have left?
2: 835. hour, probably. When do we stop, 9.15? 9.30. 9.15 to 9.30. All right. We can start
0: getting better I got 9:30. an hour to check.
2: They, they're pretty hardcore about when they stop.
0: I mean, we can beg and plead, and they're, they're like, uh, no. Alright, guys, I'm to do a
3: quick board check, a board check only for a 136 POL in Omaha. If you are in the room interested in playing 136 PLO, give me a wave on our fire your name. Jimmy for 136 PLO. What? One. Stretch for 136 PLO. Raise. Stretch, you want? 29, 25. 40, 56.
0: got that, yeah. Brian
2: for 136 PLO. He didn't win. Yeah, well, paid yeah, you paid him. Oh, I owe you yeah. fifty bucks for
0: the flop. Okay. I never paid you. Brian for one three six PLO.
3: Brian, are you here for one three six PLO?
0: Gene for one three six PLO. Are you
3: here for the 136?
0: LH. You want it? Alright. Dave T, you
3: want 136? One, okay. SC,
0: 136. Nick, 136. Alright, you don't want it, Nick? All in. Fuck! I got four in. Hey, guys hey
3: right no tossing, we no TV. What's what I was gonna
0: do. Let me see. Can I see? You got me covered?
3: Yeah, I started with 25.
2: See so the 25 behind?
3: Wait, do you have those silver?
2: Yeah, did you not know? I did not know. Oh, wow.
3: Um. I don't know if this says anything on here or not. I'm sorry. I, I, like, sure, I did not know you had those. Yeah.
2: Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I I'll, I I don't know what the legal ruling is. I don't think it's you have an game. option, but I think that's. I don't, also don't know if it's fair. Uh, fuck! I don't know what to do because. You
0: have a question, Jim's right you, I, I don't go. know.
3: Like I mean, if I know you have ten more, that's like double your yeah. stack. I don't know.
2: <laughs> well, where were they? They were right here, but were they? I the whole time. I should have said something or put him out there. I'm sorry. I like obviously wasn't trying to angle you at all. No, you know? no, I um,
3: did not know. I just, you know,
2: move my stack around. I'm left-handed and I, I'm sorry. Um, I don't know what to do because it's like if we,
0: rolling you have
2: if we just like, if you just call and we run our equity, it's like unfair to him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like unfair to him that, you know, he puts in
0: Guys, yeah, guys, but so he could ask for on chip tongs. In yeah, but
2: associated? I mean, yeah.
0: That happened to me the other day, Same thing. didn't see the
3: great I didn't see the Yeah, like, I, did, I mean, yeah, 20, like, I thought Jojo had yeah. all chips yeah, Jojo had his big ones, big Yeah, on And wings, it's like, also
2: like, the drama. So, I mean, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know if there's there's like the legal ruling is he has to shove in this spot. Yeah. He didn't know I had these chips.
3: And then I just saw you, like, put it, like, I thought, yeah, and then I just seen. That's and why I like asked, like, did of you it was have them? Kind like, of I, I my fault know.
2: because they were here, and, like, I had just won these and put them here, and I, I didn't know you had them. And you didn't know I had them, and so he shoved, but he he went all in for 10K more than, you know, yeah, basically yeah, yeah, like 15000
3: So, like, I, I don't, but yeah, I mean, it's I'm, really like, trying good.
2: to help you, but I don't know what is legal or okay. fair.
0: We always want you to keep your big gifts out front. Yeah,
2: it's probably my this, fault, but, but it's, uh, yeah, if I make it's a deal with you, then I don't know if that's allowed. You know, it's like... Yeah,
0: it's
2: when you got the, up, you know, let's ask him if he minds. Would you mind if we, like, did something? Because I mean, I thought like, had, like,
3: 15,000. Well, what do you say? Like, I don't, I like, don't know. I don't, go even go know what, I don't even know what's just
2: I don't even want to discuss it if you are like, really tilted. But at the same time, I don't want to be unfair to him. I don't even know what I'm gonna, I don't know, I'm not gonna say anything about my hand or what I do. I
3: thought you do. had like 10 to 15,000. So I was playing like according to that stack. Uh, I mean, it changed, like, I don't know, it changed how I play the hand, but it's up and to that. you. that. I don't know. I, don't, I, don't I didn't know, really really but like I,
0: right. I don't know. But he's still good with that. you want something to change because just I mean, I because
2: he has be conscience enough fair. to look back. I don't fair. want to say that. No. Yeah, I'm fair. just fair. trying to offer something fair. I don't want to like. We
0: the, 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 the ruling is. I mean, success. it is. All right, what it is. The,
2: All right, then I guess that's. But the I could the care less with you. If you.
3: that's all right. I mean, if I have
0: to straight, rule and have to be, you're all in.
2: Guys, do whatever you want to do. I don't care. So, yeah, if, if they're in play, so I do I, to do. I mean, they're
3: kind of. I mean, that's
2: my fault. So. Yeah, I just, you know, I'm trying. Like, I don't want any bad blood. Do whatever
0: you do. want to. do. Because it's
2: kind of my fault. I hit them. I didn't hide them, but it's my fault that you didn't see them in a way. Both yeah, of our I didn't know, Yeah. I mean, I think I, there's mutual I, fault. So I, I want to make sure that you and I are like not. <clears throat> No bad blood after the hand is my biggest goal. I don't really care. I'm just
3: saying, from my perspective, I was playing it from that I didn't see those yeah. two silvers. That's how I was playing. For that, like, like 8k. Ah, uh, for like yeah, like I know you have like between 10 and 15 you or whatever, and so, so a I was playing accordingly. But, a but or yeah, I
2: have did. 10. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Said said well, it's friendly. It's friendly. I know you have 21. You know, let them do what they want.
0: Bro, I mean, we're gonna keep talking about it. Someone's gonna make a decision. Well, friend friend let them do what they want. It's up to you.
3: I was playing accordingly that you didn't have those, but it's up to you because I mean they were on
2: table, so it's up to you. Okay, I don't know if it's going to affect my decision. I haven't really thought that much about the hand. So okay, you can think I'm about willing to do. Oh well, okay. I don't I'm going to call. <laughs> okay. So I'm playing an all-in from this
0: amount. The whole okay. pickle.
2: I don't know if it's going to affect my decision that much. Um, so do you have me covered now? Like, because I have um nine. I I, so I, have to, I haven't even thought about the hand to be honest. So I just want to. This
3: is twelve. This is cover. ten. So that's twenty-two.
2: <laughs> I have nine, no, this is 10, 10, I started with like 25. 20, so I have 20, one.
0: <laughs> Where's my drinks? Right right? son?
1: You got all the orange on top.
2: You're
0: slipping. Oh. That's uh. No, this 100. is 20.
2: I wasn't the one ordered. Right, 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 right. No, 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 10, 10, that's, this is. 10, 10, you
0: got there, man. 10, 10 20, 20, right, 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 20, right, right. Four, four, three. It yeah?
2: 21, mm-hmm. 300. Me? Uh, you and covered. you have me, you have, you have you more? I have you covered, then, yeah, We have, you you have, you have you 21. I
3: yeah. I'm, like, too I guess this is a tune-up spot like you, you know right? we've been waiting you. to get in.
0: What? This I this did call time to you someone out. I can't nice. you like I don't know. I, I think we should second. give him more I'm time to I'm too 10. So could you? But like, you told us, you might call it. No, I
2: actually have to think about the fucking hand. I just assumed what you think I was, like, angling
0: I okay. the back yeah. that's yeah, a yeah. Big thing going I didn't see on them here. I didn't, you know, I do that happened to me with um, JoJo the other day. We were playing cash game. I put them all in. That is what it is. And he, hit, and he said, Paul, oh, right? I would have never done it. Yeah, and he had all up. the big shit behind him, and he just kept piling them, piling more on. And they were like, kind of sick, because I'm for sure calling 10K. It. But that's my fault. I should have to no. tell you might get away with this one. But when you see it, you just make a move 8K like and I it's did.
2: 21K. <laughs> to it. so like baby-headed. <laughs> Were you really going to do that? Yeah. I was. Oh yeah. I made my decision once you, like, think about my decision. Yeah, but you're raising. So. Is it reasonable for me to call time now, or what? I you've been sitting here for six minutes, bro. All right. Yeah. Well, sorry that now time doesn't play in perfect. Yeah. This is sick. I'm discounting a lot of hands here because of how, how how you acted, which you might act the same way with with those hands too. But just because you're the
0: wizard, damn, he gets respect too, man. That's, they give this kid respect. I was me. They would have called already, man. You know. But, yeah, it's not too Luck. Luck.
2: This is a, one of the weirdest hands I've ever played. Taking I mean, I call time four times, and i
0: still still lot. I mean, that's fine. That's fine. Oh, we got a 50, 200 after this. Yeah, good. Diamond Dave. day, Sam. The 50, master. 100? Yeah. 50, 100? 20 Yes. No, 50, 100, 200. That's out of my league. I might put you in for a little taste so if you stay out of my way. I want to put me in? If you stay out of my way. Don't make moves on me like you do. Yeah. I mean, no. pretty, much. No. pretty much. Oh, is it a star next to him? He's all in. all in the car. Hee <laughs> <laughs> haw! Big Lee. I was commentating. Oh, yeah?
3: Your oh, you like?
0: you like that? <laughs> I think I
3: like oh, Two spots better, but. On me?
0: Yeah. Oh, what do you, on me, he buffed me. Yeah. Which time
3: so No. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, he had me beat. I had nine seven. He had king queen. I have seen it.
3: How are you, buddy? I had nine
0: seven. Off. I had. I had something?
2: Yeah. Had a t- oh, Such a fucking weird hand.
3: All right, now my hand. What? You, my hand's not that good. Yeah, that's what I thought. I that's, honestly, that's why. Like, I'm not doing that if I knew you had that extra ten. That's why. This is it's a just fucking
2: like, crazy hand. I mean, I, I feel bad. I, I don't know if I lose or what. Ed Pack. Do you have yes, a pair? I mean, what the fuck? I called you.
3: You're good.
0: Wow, this feels good to you. Yeah. Like,
3: that's why like, I didn't know you had that extra or I was like, I'm on like, just over That's why I offered you a deal.
0: Like I no, and then they uh,
3: were like, I totally all complaining, I and that's why like I I was playing for that. Like I thought you had thirteen. Yeah. Was, like,
2: that's why I, I wanted, you, wanted were, you to it, be fair. Like I didn't even think about what I was something. gonna do. I didn't I know you to had you to a deal. So like, so weak
0: like when you did that, you can call. Yeah. yeah, but that's but why I was like trying to be fair. It's a lot of money. I mean, bro, you understand the way I'm saying
2: it, someone should just make a
0: roll and stick to it instead of beating around the bush about it. Yeah, I know. No, but I'm understanding. I'm just like, I just wanted you to understand I'm poker at the end of the
2: day. A yeah. a roll, no. I'm gonna make the best decision yeah. for $20,000. I'm gonna yeah, ha- have to make you, a profitable yeah. decision. No, it's fine. But, like, I really w- tried to, like, I thought I had the best hand because I thought, no, if you think I have less, you're more likely to bluff. So that's why I wanted to say that ahead of time. But at the same time, you could have had aces and I could have been fucked too, you know? I'm
0: there.
3: Is this seriously the last hand? Does Don no, our 20,000 last hand. Not for
0: us, right? Pretty close,
2: after that 20-minute hand. I'm really sorry for whatever my part in that hand was. That's really fucking crazy. We
0: got a half an hour, 45 minutes. What are we playing after?
2: Twenty fifty, 50, 100.
0: 100, great. Nice
2: hand, nice call. Yeah, thank, I mean, thanks. Yeah, you screwed
0: yourself, I think.
3: 23,000? You know uh, I mean, I could just fold. You it, almost got me off it. 40, 40, 40, I mean, I'm
2: snap-calling 40, 40, 40. 10K. Like, that was easy. if. Oh, he has me. I had 21, 250. Oh, yeah, plus the bet. yeah. The 21 more. What happened to me with JoJo. How about that? He had all the chipping on it.
0: Eight, 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 eight hours and
2: still right. Well, I'm not, I mean, I'm going to think about it for 24,000. I'm going to just think about all the. There's a lot to think about in this hand. Like, they, he was, like, trying to do, like, let's do, like, equity, like, let's, Let's do like uh, I you call
0: and we just run it out. Yeah, but like it was like kinda of like in front of me Details because I was gonna like at right. least call or like I didn't all the long time. Like <sighs> all
3: in call in call. I'm all in. Call. Thank you. Call. Thank you, Cletus. Thank
0: you. <laughs> wow.
3: <laughs> what the hell did you have, Steph? You were gonna do the same thing.
0: Ajax sh- Lobs. You should have made him put that baby in there too.
3: Oh, he doesn't have a hundred thousand in front of him. Wow.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was going to do the same thing. If you guys are on that one three, six, eight, please make your way back to 10 more 15. Sure. Why well, don't
2: I get it? Hey, give me H-20. You love Bob. Hey, I'll uh, give you a piece of me in like, a future game if you want to make up for it. If you want it. I
0: really don't want any bad blood. Like, I'll do
2: something to try and give you some equity back in the future of my career.
0: I mean, I'm winning two, seven.
2: This is the end of the hand. Several minutes go by, and as Wolf gets up to leave the table, I again reiterate my offer to give him a piece at face value. Hey, if, if you want, like, take my number. I'll give you a piece of me in the game, so that you win back the money that you lost to me. If you feel comfortable with it. I don't want to, like, needle you, right? It's just like I'm being really sincere. I'll do something as a favor to you, because I feel bad about the situation okay just it's an open offer you could find me on social media anywhere and... yeah seriously okay yeah i'll be around i mean i'm not gonna as long as i don't die you'll you'll win it back at some point point. and i don't even want to talk about the people making videos <laughs> yeah i don't either
1: because a couple of them are friends a couple of them are not and a couple one of them thinks that i try to do that. I, I don't even want to talk about the people who made the video. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but here's That's what, what right. I want to say. When this came out, I was not into poker in the poker world. I played poker once a week or, and then I started playing the bike in 2016, 17, 18, whatever. I could honestly tell you that when this happened, I never saw the hand. I saw things in my cursory about it. Mm-hmm. I saw like, but I never watched it cause I didn't care. I wasn't into that. I didn't really even probably get it right. Right. Okay. Because it just didn't matter to me. Now I'm in the poker community. Now I run a poker show. I play poker for a living. So now if something like that happened, it would, I would know it. I'd know all the details. Yeah, it's just of course. the way it is. It's, it's in your lane, right? Yeah. It's in, okay. Exactly. All so side. the first time I watched this hand was four days ago. Like, in, I, I'm not bullshitting you. No, I believe in totality, you. that's the first time. And I watched the raw version, like everything. Right. The before, the during, the after, which doesn't always get shown. Just the hand unedited. Unedited. Right. I watched it, and okay. So I want to preface and say this. Look, and everybody knows this that comes onto the show, whether it's the Robbie situation she came on, whoever. I ask a question, you give an answer. If I have a follow-up, I ask it. Whatever your answer is, it is. And the reason I say it that way is because people have to understand opinions, they, the old cliche are like assholes, right? Like everyone has one. Okay. And it's like, I, I look at it this way. I, if I'm not in somebody's body and I didn't do or not do the act, I don't know for sure. And I've said this a million times, so I have no dog in the fight about what happened, what didn't happen, or intentions. I'm just going to talk about yeah, the yeah, hand. That's for sure. Okay? Ask, ask, but I want people to whatever. understand that, right? So why don't you tell me, because I, I watched the hand and I can't break it down in my head exactly. I know uh, the, the fellow Wolf had ace-ten, you had ace-queen, you raised pre, he called. After
2: that, if you want to walk me through it in in- I actually in, think, to be fair, And I, I, you know, people are going (laughs) to, I haven't seen the hand in a long time either. Yeah. Someone else raised, he called, I three bet. Is that what it was? Okay. That, I three bet out of the big blind with ace queen. The person that originally raised folded and he Uh, back jammed. And he back jammed. Right. That was pre. That was pre. And then it was on me. And then I was counting my stack and it became clear that he, he did not realize I had 10K more than he thought I had. So he thought he was jamming. For 10 K less. Let's say, and I don't remember the stacks I and mean, people are going to think it's crazy, but let's say that the jam was for 20 K. He thought it was for 10 K or maybe yeah, it was 25. It was and about it was half for 15. It, it was right. roughly exactly. without splitting hairs. Right. Exactly. So that was the preflop action and the situation.
1: <clears throat> okay. So the first question I'll ask and you, and you answer it any way you want you at the time were a pro- professional. poker Oh, absolutely. Player. Yes. You know, that those need to be up front. Absolutely. What happened?
2: I, like, it, it was just a mistake. Like, this was it's my okay. fault. It was a mistake. Yeah. It's on me. Okay. It's always up to every individual to make sure that their right. big chips are clearly visible to the right. rest of the table. I wasn't aware that they were where they were, and I wasn't aware that he, I mean, he made it obvious that after he shoved, he did not see them, but I wasn't right. aware that he couldn't see them at the time that he had shoved. Okay. So that was my fault. I and understand. I, I owned that, and I said I was sorry to him. Um, at the time, if you watch the tape, I said, I was sorry, I'm uh, going
1: to show, and that's my fault the, and edited tape. Yeah, fair enough. And okay. that's the
2: only one to show. Yeah. And that, and that was my fault. So that's my responsibility. I own that completely. And, um, uh, it's, I've been playing poker for 18 years is the only time this has happened. And so yeah. it's yeah. obviously okay. unfortunate that it was and blown up to this on camera. A couple but.
1: points that I noticed in the video and I'll just run them by you sure. and you tell me what's true, what's not true or what you think of it. Um... I know that you did say uh, a few times, whatever the ruling is, it is. And I think the floor man by the book
2: rule said it's, it's all in. Yeah. Before that though. Um, so I didn't think, I thought he was being genuine that he didn't see those chips, right? Yeah. It was apparent. He, he was genuine. He was genuine. So I said, look, I'm sorry. I didn't know that you didn't see them. We can do whatever you want. And he continued to say, Okay, but I didn't see them, I didn't know. I, I if I, I saw that. I if you did say whatever you want to do. I think I said that twice or three times. Again, I haven't seen the tape in a long time. I don't remember. But yeah. two or three times I said that. So if he would have said to you, hold on, and then go on.
1: If he would have said to you right there, you say do whatever you want to do, and he would have say, Okay, let's play
2: without the two silver chips, the 10K, you yes. would have said yes. I would have, but I want to preface that. I don't <laughs> wanna I don't want to put it on him. At that time, what I could have done differently, and I replay this all the time. I replay a couple hands in my head in my career. One of them's a hand at the final table of, I'm not dodging the question. One of them's a hand at the final table of the WPT where I got it all in with ace queen against tens and I got fourth place and the winner got like 1.4 million and I got 250K. We play that hand all the time because I could have flatted and that's one hand that sticks with me to this day. The other hand is this one, obviously for the obvious reasons. And I wish I would have just said, why don't we take the 10K back? I said, we can do whatever you want. If he would have said that, I would have said yes. And it would have been binding. Fine. I could have just said, instead of saying... We can do whatever you want, which is the passive way of, like we talked about this NLP. It's the passive way of saying the same thing. Yeah. I should have been assertive and said, okay, let's take the 10k back and just run it. Right. Right. I would have actually had an easier decision because I had ace queen offsuit. I didn't have aces. So I didn't. Right. I didn't actually, it was easier for me to call it all in if there were 10k less but I wasn't really thinking about that at the time. I didn't think about the strategy of the hand. I was thinking about like, holy shit, like this guy, you know, yeah. we're in this spot. I should have just said that. That's on me. I could have. Yeah. Your hand, ace
1: queen offsuit is not an easy call to a shove. Right. And, and, it's, easy, it's, and easy. it's easier
2: being short stacked. It's it's a very clear call. If there's 10K less, I have a very easy call. Um, I should have, like, if I could go back, I would have just said, let's play for 10K less. He says, okay, I call and we run it. I wish he would have, I also wish, and I don't want to put it on him. It's not, you know, he did what he did. I wish he would have said, let's play 10K less, because then I would have said yes, and this never would have happened either. He didn't say it. I didn't say it. I take my responsibility for my part of where my chips were. That's my fault. And I wish I would have just said, like, let's play for 10K less. It would have been so easy. Just like I should have flatted the ace queen out of position at the final table. And and I I did
1: watch him. It's like when I watched the video, I could attest to this in my brain. When I watched the video, I kept saying in my head, Fucking ask to play 10K less. I, know. I, I was I no to him, I'm like, I know say it. Say it. Quit saying what you're saying, you know, but I know it wasn't gonna change because I know what happened. Yeah. And he didn't, and I and I and I saw that. And and the floor man did come over and make it. So the then
2: then what happened is the someone called the floor. I don't, I don't remember all the details of like this hand was like 20 minutes. Someone called the floor or and the floor said, Well, I'm ruling that this isn't an all in. And then there was protest about that ruling, and everyone was talking, whatever. So the floor said this is all in. We continued to kind of talk. Again, I should have just said, hey, yeah, who cares about that? Let's just do this. Again, we're on TV too, so you know, there's the rules or whatever. I didn't say that. He didn't say that. Then someone called the clock, and then the floor ruled the second time it was all in. At that point, I just went with but it. But
1: now you did admit this at the table to, to the point you made about how hard it is with Ace Queen off to make a chef with the 10K more. You did say, and I'm not saying this changes anything at all. But you did say, wow, by the way you're acting, this makes it a little easier for me to call because
2: then you realize his hand was weak. Yeah, like I don't know if he would have said that if he had aces. Right,
1: right? he could have been reverse. Like, reverse uh, and I thought he was medic- being genuine. Yeah. And
2: I don't think it's even unfair of him to not say anything. Like let's say I'm counting and he has two aces and he realizes the shove is for more. He's like, Okay, well I'm already all in, I have aces. Like he might just not say anything. What but so like the fact that he kind of was of course. saying something made the case for weight like was. he was weaker. Yeah. And so it made calling double the amount with Ace Queen Easier. A little easier. Of course. That's fair. And that, that went is into the decision as the floor ruled and the floor said, Hey, you guys are all in, and you know, ten minutes had gone by, we didn't come to a resolution, and then I was like, Okay, now I have to think about the actual hand. Like, this guy raised pre-flop, he called. And there was a weird hand that happened before where he had flat called an original raise and then back jammed and he had Queens. And I think he stacked me or someone else. And so I knew he was capable of having like a strong hand there. And so like, but anyway, he, yeah, like you said, he kind of acted a little weaker. Okay. Fair so, enough.
1: okay. So the hand runs out, you win, he felt. Yes. Okay. So my question to you now is when he gets up, you know, everyone's saying goodbye, whatever, sorry, you're saying whatever. And then you proceed to tell him on the unedited version, Hey, look, I'm really sorry that happened. Uh, you know, maybe I'll let you, if you want, you can take a piece of me anytime you want as many times as you want
2: until you get the 10 K back. Well, I didn't say, maybe I said I offered him that and I said, look, even more than the 10 K, like maybe 20, like, you know, I sell, look, I sell 10% of myself on state Kings at no markup for every game I play on the hustler. Like, you know, I I do that to this day. Like I would have done it till he made 20 K till he made 20 K Okay, whatever. Like I didn't cap it. He just. Didn't say anything about it. Didn't say it. He yeah. Didn't, he's like, he, didn't let, take he said, let it. me think about yeah, it. and then I'll take, didn't your take your number or whatever. Okay. I mean, it's still a fair, I mean, you know, yeah. so to this day, last
1: so. question I have then, and then we're just going to move on. Yeah. Okay. My fine. last question I have, well, two questions I have. One is, uh, when you were telling him that if you are going to give him a piece of you to get his 10K or 20K back, which would have come out of your
2: pocket, right. why wouldn't
1: you just give him the 10K and just say, you know what? Fuck it. Here's the 10K. Yeah.
2: Like, hopefully you know if i could just go back and do that and buy back like none of the it was a lot worse than 10k in in stress in my life but um i just thought like i just thought at the time it was not fair that i would be all in risking this money whereas if i lose i get nothing so like i'm i have a certain amount of equity when i'm all in on the pot right like i have let's say it's 50 50 let's say he has jackson it's 50 50 so like I'm risking 100% of myself, and then when I win, I'm only winning less than that. I understand that. So that's why I think the ideal situation would be if I was more assertive ahead of time and said, hey, let's play for 10K less. I totally get it. Or he was more assertive and said, hey, let's play for 10K less. I just wanted to ask. Yeah. And then so afterwards, I thought that was like a fair resolution where it was like, okay, we already kind of both risked this amount of money unknowing the outcome. Because you're right. If he would have won, he would have got... He would have got the 20K. Yeah. So then I'm getting free rolled, which is, you know, he shouldn't yeah. get free rolled. I shouldn't get free rolled. So I said, look, this happened. We were only allowed to run it once. We're on TV. Why don't I do this to also compensate instead of the 10K, let's compensate 20K or whatever. And then you get that back. Was it perfect? I don't know. That's hindsight. I get it. This is what happened at the time. Yeah. Okay.
1: So how did after this done with the hand, Fair enough. how did all the backlash that you just alluded to what it cost you probably emotionally? Um, how did it affect you? How did you handle it? Um, how long did it take you to get through it? You could, you could see your demeanor actually absorbing that question because it must have been bad.
0: Uh, What did you go through?
2: I mean, so I told you this earlier in this session, I put out a video. I was 19 years old. I made a million dollars playing online. Uh, seventh biggest winner in the world. When I was 20, maybe 21, like right around that year, I lost a million dollars back. Right. I went from playing, 200, 400, no limit, $40,000 buy-in. I even played 300, 600, played 60K buy-in to to 510 and 1020, okay? So like you're buying in 40K and then a single raise in that game is my buy-in in in the other game, right? That's kind of the delta between where I was playing. Lost a million dollars. That was like a lot easier, like orders of magnitude easier to deal with than than this was. Because, you know, I could handle like, you know, if someone's like, you're a bad player, I lose my money. Like poker's never about the money to me. So like, it was always about, you know, being the best and competing at the highest level. Like I was never a rock star, which I would love to be. I was never an NBA player, which I would have loved to be. So this is my Olympics, right? So this is like what I do. I love the process. I love trying to be the best. So like this, like, you know, attack this vitriol from social media, like attack on my character and like me as an individual and like all the negative backlash was like, you know, arguably one of the hardest things I've dealt with in my life. Like it's not even close, mm-hmm. um, and it's like still like it's still like a challenge. Like it's it was really hard.
1: Yeah, I could tell when I even asked you the question, and now you're talking. Your demeanor through the whole podcast was up. Yeah, you like, talk extremely fast, <laughs> and I'm a very you're, high energy, yeah, you're very high positive energy, person. But you look like someone just you're a balloon, and someone just uh, popped you.
2: Yeah, it was really hard because like you know I. I tried to like always be like a, you know, inspiration for other people in poker, like by being, you know, my best version of myself and like being a role model for others and like helping others on their journey and being like a positive source and a good role model for poker and ambassador for poker and like all these roles and like this thing just like, you know, made a lot of people that don't even know me or anything about me and like, just all have a very strong, like heated attacked, like hatred. I would even use that word opinion of me. And I got, you know, All these attacks on social media and it's just like to absorb i'm a very empathetic person so like if i um i'm in a situation i like absorb the energy of that situation i feel like the situation very deeply um so it's very hard for me to like even watch bloody movies or things like that or see needles and stuff like i'm just like very empathetic uh and so like to feel that energy coming towards me on social and whatever was like very challenging the odd ironic thing is a couple things i've never had a bad interaction in person never once ever isn't that amazing never that happens and i also like when this happened i was in italy I it was like vacation in summer like you know living my life like whatever so i was like you know i dealt with this and then this was like in june this was you know the the, the situation happened a year after the hand happened so like you know um i go back to like poker and i'm thinking like all these like, thoughts in my head like you know going back to the table like you know, what, what am I, what am I going to say in this spot? Like, instead of focusing on this, the hand, I'm focused on like, you know, what am I, how am I going to respond? What are people going to say? Whatever, like never had anything happen in poker, which was like, kind of, I was like, Whoa, cause there's all of this energy and attacks on social media. Sure. The other thing that I found very weird and I kind of go back and forth between like, you know, I engage with people on social media. If someone attacks me or leaves me a comment, I'll talk to them and I'll respond to them. I do this with trolls all the time. Even if it has nothing to do with this, it has something to do with another thing. Like that I post about A different subject Yeah I get it And almost always The trolls They DM me They leave me a comment They're saying They're like Oh I actually Like you Or this had nothing to do with you Or like I'm just You know whatever And then they're very nice to me Once they see that Like you're kind to them Yeah So that kind of Like changed my relationship With the situation too is like when it you to... respond to people and you treat them with kindness and like they're a human which I, I always do even if someone attacks me or they're mean to me or they call me names like that's that's fine that's on them i don't take that personally but um that was a really interesting dichotomy dichotomy between like the way that that taught me a lot about society and people and humanity too like the way that people act on socials like they think almost like it occurred to me that the people that a lot of people that were like attacking were like it seemed as though when we had interactions, because we would go back and forth with like five or 10 DMs, some of them even became like members at Conscious Poker. They would like buy products later in the future. It was like really weird. I've and had, it just I've occurred the same experience. To, it just occurred to me that like, they almost didn't even think that they were talking to like you or a human. Like it almost didn't even feel like they were aware that they, like they were sending this message to me directly. Like I was reading all these messages and they were like, oh, I didn't think you'd read it or whatever. I got that response so many times. It's crazy. And it's like I read all my messages, I read all my DMs, so like, yeah, it was Yeah,
1: people don't really understand. And I always say there's a person behind your words that you're that you're putting it into them or towards them. You know, it that, that that part's crazy. I had I experienced some of that myself. Exactly what you said about like once you talk to someone, it's different. Did you ever have any of the people that were saying negative things about you that were actually prominent in the poker community ever run into them and have them treat you different? Like have you ever ran I don't want to say any names but you ever run into anyone that was hard on you and then you had a different experience in person? No, but yeah. I
2: also don't like <clears throat> I don't know if I would not even know like who those people like Well, I'm saying who, people you know that I mean? were
1: hard on you that did shows and things.
2: Oh, um no, but I haven't ran into that many. Then you people. haven't. Okay. Yeah, I was just wondering so. if it
1: was just trolls or um
2: yeah, like people are wondering. I haven't ran into Doug, I haven't ran into Joey like I don't Again, I yeah. I, I wasn't even prompting you to say right, any right, names. Right, right, right. But like yeah, so I just haven't come across people's no, totally, paths totally. in poker that maybe were hard on me. Sure. Um, but also no hard feelings to other people. I understand where people are coming from. And, and Was there re- anything positive that came out of that experience?
1: And it doesn't have to be. Don't try to... If there isn't,
2: then is isn't. Like, in some ways, you know, I find in my life, you know, the hardest things I deal with are, like, the most opportunities for growth, right? And so there's this, like, irony of, like you know, when I, when, when I'm, when I'm living through something that's challenging or like, maybe I don't, you know, maybe people feel this way about losing or downswings or like other things that they've gone through that are challenging in poker or outside of poker. Like, those are the things that I find are the most opportunities for growth. And so like, you know, I wish I was a little bit more, um, like now that I've had this experience happen, if, you know, if something like this happened again, I feel like I'd be much more quick. I wish I was more mature too, at the time, like, like anything, just, buddy. you know, and so I think it, it just, yeah, like overall, I'm hesitant to label things as positive or negative because I just try and look at life like sure. a series of events and have non attachment. That's fair. But it was the most, one of the most challenging things I've dealt with. And, but it mm-hmm. did help me grow. It helped me like learn about people, be more empathetic to people, not take things personally was a, another lesson that I had mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. internalize. Did it make you a little thicker skin? Yeah, like internalize through this this process too. And also just like where you spend and give your energy. Like before, it was like much more important to me. And it still is something that I like feel like I genuinely want, you know, I don't harbor any negative emotions towards other people. I don't like hate anyone. Like people say, oh, I hate this person. I've never, I don't, I don't hate anyone in the world. I maybe disagree with people or I think that yeah. we're operating on different levels and not in a arrogant or be- way, but just like we see the world differently <laughs> and that's fine. But like this kind of made me realize that like you can't um, touch or connect or, you know, be with everyone. And that was, that was like a very hard accepting mm. thing for me. Cause I always yeah. wanted like people to like me like, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Like I wanted to reach everyone and I realized like, that's not how the world works. Never going to happen. And that that's like been very challenging to accept.
1: Yeah. Have you ever in the time that this happened till now ever been able to tell this whole thing like you just did? No, so thank time? you for that. I actually no, I wasn't looking that. for a thank you. I was just wondering yeah. is this no, the no, first no, time? No, no, but I'm, I'm being genuine. Like first I, time we you did, ever we got we didn't it plan this. So no, like, no, you know. but this we were going to talk about the hand. That's it. Right.
2: It and was... I wasn't expecting this either to like open up like this. But um, no, and I've never done this, and you know that's probably my fault too. Like I think if I maybe was more open about the whole thing, it would, would sure maybe blew off better. But I just yeah. All right. Anyway.
1: Well, on to a couple fun questions. Fine, I'll take the and fun questions. And we'll get this juju off us and then we'll we'll close. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. Stupid question. Favorite poker player idol growing up.
2: Wow. What a question. So, I came up in 2003. You know, there were wa- there were not like poker content. Poker content didn't exist. So, I read um Phil Hammon's book playing poker like the pros. And it was very inspirational at the time, because he told this story about how he dropped out of college mm-hmm. with, I think the number was 20k. Don't quote me, maybe it was 30k. And like, you know, he's telling his story of building his confidence and and how he knew that like poker was right for him. And, I, and that like stuck with me to give me some sort of framework for like, okay, if I get to this level by this time, I mean Phil did it like I'm at Phil not not that I'm at Phil's level but like I'm sure you know I have some sort of success yeah it and motivated so I remember, you it inspired you and I remember when I was in college I built up 30k and I was like wow like you know that really changed me and then just like I always looked up to you know the like ivy negranu like watching poker yeah. on television yeah, the legends and it was just really surreal to like I went hiking with negranu one time in as outside of Monaco like I just remember like thinking like You know, we're playing in the same tournament. We were playing the hundred K together. Before or
1: after the incident? Before. Uh, I was going to say, I wonder how he would. Yeah, I
2: hope. I was hoping you say after
1: because he's such a nice guy. I could see him doing it after. Yeah, yeah. He's such a nice guy. Yeah.
2: Um. And like, I just remember like we went out to get a coffee and like we were just like we were playing in the hundred K tournament together. And I just remember like surreal. This I was I like you know you have moments in your career over eighteen years where you're like, whoa, like the sixteen year old and me like I would never have imagined this. You know, I remember the first time playing with Ivy and um. We played in a tournament in Monaco and then he didn't even know me or whatever, but really quick. And then we played in the big game together in Macau and we were playing, you know, at Star World, 10K, 20K Hong Kong, 20K, 40K Hong Kong, maybe like, you know, 2K, 5K US blinds. And something came up where they doubled the game. I don't remember all the details, but I just remember the punchline. They doubled the game or something like that. And Ivy's like, oh, don't worry. Like, can I, I'll take a piece of you. And I was just like, I was just like, wow like that I just remember his face and my face and I remember that line I was like yeah that's cool like that yeah it was touching like I
1: just that was crazy that is cool something familiar to that to me would be like you know same as you I watched I watched all those names you just mentioned on high stakes poker back in the day and they're all the OGs the legends and you know come full circle they're playing on my show yeah and uh and I wasn't even in poker and and I'm interviewing them. and so did you see the piece I put out on Phil the other day no Ivy yeah. Oh, no. Uh, Hellmuth. No, I uh, want to see it. I just, it, it just was like a 12 minute video. Uh, He, uh, um he went through, you know, our time on the last two streams he was on. Oh yeah. 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 And so I, I just put out a 12 minute video on him. I felt so bad for him and, yeah. and you know, cause the guy takes just incredible. I mean, he asked
2: for a lot of it, but he takes an incredible amount of heat and uh, check it out. He does. And he's like, you know, we've, we played on poker night in America quite a bit together. I had a moment where he was like, you know, nice fold with your set of nines, and that was like another one of those moments that stuck with me. Yeah, but he's always been like a very nice guy, and like seems like a very good guy, like from what I know about him. Like when you go to dinner with him, like are you you know playing? It is not the Chinese persona poker. that you see at a right. poker table. Yeah, and it's like just totally really different nice guy. And I saw him with his wife too, and totally different, like yeah. just demeanor and like seems like a very good guy. He is. Yeah,
1: he is. Uh, I have here. I'll uh, watch that piece too. I want to see. Yeah, it. it's it's just I came I out yesterday it. or day before. Um Uh, what do you, what are your thoughts on why I always ask everyone this as I like, I like them to talk about it. So why not? Sure. Um, your experience playing on hustler casino live and your thoughts on our rise in a year and eight months. Like what are your thoughts on that? Why do you think the show has been so successful? This is where I just uh, do a little personal marketing.
2: Yeah, no. And you guys totally deserve it. Um, a couple things. So I came from the bike and I was been playing on that show a long time. Um, I remember. I think I was there for for Feldman's first show, and um, that was always an incredible experience. And I remember we played together a couple times. We played together a couple times. We were playing at Commerce together, you and I, and then yeah. we played on the bike a couple times. And I remember Feldman told me something. He's like, "Hey, I have something. You know, like something's happening. I can't tell you yet. And it'll, it'll happen. I'll tell you. I'll tell you." Yeah. And then he told me, you know, like early on, like before anything happened, like that they were moving to Hustler, or whatever. And I just remember how I felt in the moment I was with Ambra and we were there, we were at cafe gratitude in whatever. And I just remember, I was like, man, they made a huge mistake. You guys are going to crush it. And I just was so confident Mm. like seeing him rise up and like knew he was partnering with you. And I was just like, you guys are going to crush it. Like it was just so obvious to me at the time. And so I remember thinking that and just seeing where you come, like, I'm extremely impressed. I'm extremely proud. You guys totally deserve it. But like I saw the trajectory early on that like, you guys had all the things that it tipped yeah. to like you guys were the show. And, um, it's been an incredible experience, you know, for me, like I told you, this is kind of like my, you know, Olympics. This is what like I get on the treadmill for to get excited about. Like I really would have loved to be, I grew up watching basketball. I loved Kobe Bryant. I was in the NLA. I would have loved to be, I'm five, nine, you know, I'm 160 pounds. of five, nine. Like I would love to have been a basketball player. I would have loved to be a rock star. Maybe I still can be, but, um, you know, and this Never was know. like my thing. So me playing on the show, Poker Night in America and The Hustler, in some ways it's cooler than playing you know, a million dollar buy-in game in Macau because it's like, this is our NBA. Like for me, I look at it like this yeah. is my NBA. Yeah. So I'm extremely grateful to play. It's like an incredible experience. I don't take any of it for granted. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. Like it's- yeah.
1: Guys, I don't do this often enough, but if you love this show, hit the like button and more than anything, subscribe to this channel so I can keep giving you this content. Subscribe now. Well, you know, I've said this before on one of my shows in passing, but I'll, I'll tell you because you may not know, um, you know, with, with just fast forwarding all the nonsense of how Ryan and I got together to do this, um, they, the bike wasn't thrilled with some of the things going on over there. And when Ryan was going to leave um, management there, portion of the management there, uh, we were in talks with them mm. to Ryan and I taking over the show okay yeah and we were this close and then COVID hit and everyone just kind of uh and i think stones might have happened at the time i remember something. stones that's true it was it did. right then right? And that was coming out yeah, so they got a little panicked and they didn't know what they wanted to do they wanted to see how it was going to settle so they put everything on the burner and um and i can only say it this way because of the management there And because of the management at the Hustler and the difference and the ability to do what we were doing here, which we wouldn't have the ability to do there, I know for sure. It goes back to the term unanswered prayers, because I really wanted that gig. I wanted to take over that show. Mm. And um, and it didn't work out because of circumstances, the two that I told you about. And I'll tell you what, I. Uh, I thank my, I thank God every, every time I get a chance for that blessing because it literally would have changed the whole trajectory of what Ryan and I are doing. So that's sometimes life's a game of inches
2: like that, you know? Yeah. And it's also like, I look at it, I look at it like that too. Like when I want something, you know, subjective to happen, right. Or something that I have that I'm projecting out and I'm like, this is what I want. If it doesn't happen, I look at it like, okay. You know, you have two ways to react to it. You can look at it like, oh, that's so bad and label it as negative. Or you can be like, well, maybe there was a reason and this is leading me in a different direction where like with you, like the no, at the bike was maybe devastating in the beginning, but then it like led to this where it's like, this was the right thing. So I try and keep that framework of like, okay, if this is no, like the the world, the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, they're like nudging me, you know, over here to go in a different direction. So I could just kind of flow downstream, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I think about things. Yeah. Uh, Do you have a favorite hand? You know, I guess probably like Jack 10 of Diamonds, you know. It's yeah. just like a sexy hand. A I hand. mean, I, I think like the, you know, it's nobody ever says aces. <laughs> no,
1: know? I know, right? Cause it's I aces. mean, let's face it. You'd rather have aces. Yeah. yeah. But
2: at the same time, aces, you know, you got, you know, you're going to be committed to the hand. Jack 10, I feel like I'm not committed to this hand, but if I am committed... It's good for me. Whereas yeah, aces, yeah. you're like, I'm committed, and it I'm, might not yeah. be good. <laughs> and then you're just gonna overplay, them. right? And like, yeah. so Jack Ted, I feel like you don't get in I too hate much aces. trouble. I just
1: overplay him and lose, and I don't know. What yeah, to that's do with why
2: it. I like those hands like that, where it's like you don't get in too much trouble. But if you're in a big pot, it's because yeah, you, you, can wa- get you away want easy. to be. It's because yeah. you want to be, not because you have to be. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, favorite food? Oh man, that's tough. Whatever. I like whatever my wife and her family are cooking to be honest, (laughs) but Italian food, I'm super blessed. Like we have amazing food in our area. I met
1: met your mom, uh, the last one of the streams you're at. What a nice lady. Yeah. She's great. She's super
2: supportive. She's so cool. Yeah. very Uh, positive. Do you have
1: a favorite hobby besides poker? Yeah. That wouldn't be a
2: hobby. No, poker is not a hobby. Um, I like creating things. So I like to be at the beginning of a project Mm -hmm. and making that come to life and happen. And, um, I can't share too much but i'm doing hopefully something in music that i have recently oh maybe you'll be a rock star can you sing i so in high school um like i said i didn't make football i dropped out i dropped out of football didn't make basketball so my uh older stepsister at the time was in musical theater and choir so i joined because it was like i saw her social circle and all these positive things she had uh through that experience and i was like you know that would be cool so i did this i was unable to sing it all at the time took voice lessons for four years and, uh, my senior year of high school, I won best singer in in, oh, no kidding. in high school. So I was in musical theater. I played Javert and Les Miserables, if anyone watches musical theater. Um, and so that was like super meaningful, incredible experience. But then of course I started traveling. I wasn't in Orange County to take voice lessons. I started like getting all involved in poker. I kind of stopped. And, um, I realized like that's a big part of my life that I really loved and not like a cool way to express I myself. I could see
1: you at a Starbucks sitting, sitting on a stool and uh, belting out some tunes. <laughs> that would
0: be good.
2: <laughs> I really would prefer to be like...
1: Billy I Joe Armstrong and Green I, that was I would much rather be a rock yeah, star. No, I, I, that, but, was, uh, that
2: was a joke. Bro. That's something I would like to take back up. Like music.
1: <laughs> well, sometimes you know these guys start at Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You can't true. just go to the big stage,
2: man. Yeah, that's You got to open for someone, No, but I'm bro. saying like my genre. You got to like, open for the latte Being a rock first. star would yeah. be cool, man. All right. Yeah. Um, you have any poker goals that you need to accomplish? No, not Kay. really. I'm grateful for everything. I mean, I you know, the 16-year-old in me would want to win the main event, but I'm not going to put... My life goals on something that I totally control, but like that's you know the you, other you bucket wouldn't list hate items it. You I've wouldn't done. hate winning. I wouldn't main. hate the main, but I don't even play that every year. That's the stupid thing. No, I, play I like hear you.
1: Once Either every three I. years. Yeah. yeah. Well, any life goals, the thing you want to accomplish in your life outside of poker that you're just dying beside? Well, being a rock star. Being a rock star would
2: be cool. <laughs> I mean, I'd really like you know the the I'd like to be able to like move the arc of where people are seeing poker and its place in the world and society as from a game of like, you know, randomness and chance and luck to like a game of incomplete information with an element of luck, but predominantly based on skill. And so I'd like to help people be able to make better decisions through the game of poker in life and business, but also like to change the, the place and relationship that poker has in society more towards a game that's respected as some of the things we talked about today of what it takes to really achieve um, things at the highest levels in poker and what the people that are competing at the highest levels are going through to achieve these results and to move it towards a game that's more respected and loved by people around the world. That's great. Yeah. Thank you. All right.
1: I'm going to, yes, I'm going to give you a final thought. You have anything you want to leave anyone with. You don't have to, if not, we'll just close it right here.
2: No, I mean just other, like, I mean, I'm very active on social media, like on Instagram, Twitter, and just conscious poker.com. I read all my emails. Like if you opt in and respond to the email, it goes directly to me. I read it. I read all my DMS. Like we talked about earlier for better or worse. Yeah. Uh, so I'm very like active on social. Um, come say hi. Like I'm happy to chat with any of you guys and like get to know you or help out on anyone's poker journey. Uh, it's, I'm always grateful for the opportunity to do that. So, well,
1: I'll tell you, this was an interesting interview. I appreciate you coming down. Thank you for this. Uh, I really really do appreciate it. Uh, okay. There you have it. Thanks guys. Alec Torelli. I am Nick Fertucci, and this is the Nick Fertucci Show. Envy out. See ya. That was cool, man. Yeah.